from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 240, I Blame Cobra. I'm your host, Ryan. Whoever wants to go next. <laughs> Do I talk? Do you talk? How does this work? Yeah, I we don't understand. Yeah, we didn't figure that part out. <laughs> what exactly? What is this again? I, I'm confused. What are we doing tonight? Just just talking. So it's just a... <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Chuck. I think I'm John, but I haven't recorded this show in so long. I don't really remember. <laughs> Neither have I. Don't worry about it. It's very true. <laughs> uh, well, that that seems like a perfect intro for <laughs> for everything going on right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been it's been a while uh, for for everybody, uh, including the show, uh, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we're it it's it's weird times. That's the best way I can say it. Um, and uh, but wanted to try to get all of us together to to do at least one episode together. I I have full intentions of bringing listeners on. Uh, that was planned for this year. I still plan on doing that. It was just I was like with everything happening, I wanted to to at least do one episode like this where it's just us again. Uh, Robert is saying he's going to join us a little bit later. We'll see. <laughs> we'll pencil him in as tentatively. Right, which usually means no. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, who knows? Fingers crossed. Um, he's a busy guy. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so, I don't know what he's doing, but he's busy. He's busy, yes. Uh, so, so, uh, we'll, we'll go around the horn just as far as like how things have been for everybody. What, what have you been up to? Um, you know, how, how's life going for you in this, this new normal, as they call it? Um, John, why don't, why don't we just go ahead and start with you there? How, how, how have you been? How think, how's your family doing? How's life been? 
Take it away. We are all well. <laughs> okay. We're very well, all things considered. Okay. I am working because our business is considered essential. We keep the lights and the internet going. So Jacob is working every day. I'm working from home. He's working in the field. Daniel has uh, completed his junior year from home. Awesome. He is creating content for her music classes on learn how to use Zoom and video and stuff, which is super cool. Cool. And I am doing a lot of stuff with Social Hour. I am keeping myself entertained doing that because, like I said, I don't even remember what we do here. It's been at least three months since I've we've recorded. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I, I almost I was thinking tonight as I was washing the dishes, I thought. I wish I had said then this is our last episode because it could have been true. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, until yeah. you put out that four-hour epoch that you know, <laughs> for the for the Patreon subscribers. But no, in all seriousness, we we are very very fortunate that we are doing well. Yeah, and everybody's healthy. We're figuring it out. Yep. I've learned how to cook a lot of new things. For those of you who know me, you know I like to eat, so that's not a bad thing either. Sure, but uh, yeah. I'll I'll let Chuck talk about what's going on because I'm we'll loop back around because I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, can, first of all, congratulations on the HR HR Social Hour podcast. Uh, I know you guys had a big record on that, so that was congratulations. Uh, number was it milestone like 100 or 150 or something like that? Well, we hit 100 a while back. We're at 115 now. I've put out 158, 160 shows as of this recording. We put out 160 episodes of the show since we yeah. started in February 2018. Nice. Yeah, I saw uh, you guys posted on like uh, Twitter and stuff like that, so that was cool. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting right. We hit a we've, we're getting ready to hit another big milestone very soon that I'll announce. But we're having fun, uh, creating all kinds of fun things, coloring book pages. Yeah, the Spot t-shirts. Playlists. Yes, <laughs> I have a I have a merch store now. Yeah. Yes. That's going well. Got, col- My, got coloring yeah, pages. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's that's bananas. It is bananas. <laughs> yes, my my I have sold more pictures of my face on t-shirts than I would have ever imagined. <laughs> and in fact, my parents have them now. They're on the nice. way. They ordered theirs. Wow. That's yes. Awesome. My mother, my 80-year-old mother will have a picture of her son on, on her shirt that says bananas, or she might get the Thurman. I don't know. There's two versions nice. of that shirt. Shout out to Greg Siegel for uh, helping me design those. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Very, very cool. So yeah. How, how are things going for you, Chuck? <laughs> uh, well, uh, things are good. All things considered, we're, we're all doing well. Like John, um, the federal government has deemed me essential. So I'm essential. So I'm working, uh, going in every day, uh, fulfilling, you know, a lot of online orders and stuff like that for people who order items. Um, my fiance, Carla, all of her classes at Kent State University have been canceled. She's doing online classes. So that's a little bit different for her. Sure. Um, and while she's going to school, she's in the like, uh, restaurant industry. So she is receiving unemployment. Yeah. So I refer to her now as the house mouse. <laughs> so it's a little term of endearment, I guess. But she's been um, around St. Patrick's Day, I guess, when Ohio uh, Governor Mike DeWine kind of shut everything down. It's right around that time. So she's been like a stay-at-home online student since then. Yeah. Um, 
but, you know, we go out, uh, not really a lot. I mean, I'll go out to work and stuff like that. And if we need anything, I kind of pick it up at the store. Yeah. Um, I went to Costco once since then. She's went to our grocery store, Giant Eagle, once. Um, not really a lot. I mean, yeah. kind of just kind of staying home and doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, I think we broke down once and got a pizza, but we had it delivered. Yeah. So most everything is just uh, like one of us will go out. Well, we don't both go out. Um Kind of things like that, just, you know, staying home and social distancing. And uh, we both go to get the uh, my boys and stuff like that every other weekend. So it's pretty much a car ride to their house. They get in a car and we drive back and we don't stop anywhere. We used to stop and like we would have lunch on or dinner, I'm sorry, on Friday when we pick them up and go out to a restaurant or something. We don't do that anymore. But like John said, we're, we're cooking a lot more at home, saving a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how much money we were spending going out, but yeah, you see, save a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to everybody who cooks. Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> it's financially, uh, acceptable. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I, the only thing I would say is if you're going to, uh, go to a place and, you know, make sure it's not crowded, make sure it's social distancing. And if it's like a, you know, retail store or, you know, drugstore or grocery store, get what you need. And get out and go back home. Yeah. It, you know, don't sit there and like, you know, go through every aisle and just shop. Kill time and, and stuff. Yeah. 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 Don't do that. Just those people are there for a reason. Um, just, you know, make their life a little easier, make your life a little easier. Everybody just try to stay safe. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much all I got. Um, other than that, I mean, I've been hitting eBay pretty hard because there's no comic books coming. But there's like news on that we'll touch on later. Um, so I've been doing that, buying up some back issues, reading some comics that I have here. Um, I, I was talking in the group text today. I, I read uh, Civil War again. It's seven issues. Didn't take that long to read. So I read it again. It's one of my favorite stories. Nice. So I read that today. And uh, breaking news, uh, Robert just messaged me. He is ready to, to join the group. So get out. <laughs> Well, I, I lost that bet. I'll pay you guys later. <laughs> we all lost that bet. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey. We all lost Get the out bet. Of town. We all lost the I bet. I really don't know what I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm beside myself. I can't believe it. Wait a minute. Was there a bet going? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, there was. <laughs> and we all yes, lost. Yes, there was. <laughs> All right. What do, so what do I get? <laughs> you get our presence. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get the lack of berating that would have happened. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I maybe don't know who the hell it. is this. Yeah, maybe this on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Call or reveal yourself. John, did you do any research <laughs> to find out when the last time Robert was on the show? You know, oh, I, I did because I did did not think it was going to happen. I, I totally <laughs> nice. You know, I, I saw the. I if saw the. I saw the. I'm like, nah, it ain't going to happen. I thought it, it was, if my my internet's been bad, his is even worse. I don't have <laughs> soup cans and a string, so nah, didn't, <laughs> yeah. didn't even look. 
I didn't Uncle know. Uncle Teabag is our official uh, is our official archivist. He can look it up. I didn't know um, if maybe you just couldn't count that many high in in months or something. <laughs> I, I figure I figure I haven't talked. I legit don't think I've talked to Robert in two years, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, my oh my gosh, I know. It's I don't been wanna, a while. I, I think, I think the know. last time was when you went to France, which has been what like ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame Cathedral hasn't burned down yet. Well, that's true. That's that, true. that is true. That's true. So, uh, so Robert, we were just kind of getting up to speed as far as how everyone's been doing, how their family's been doing, like how how has life been, just just in general. So, uh, uh, Chuck was, I, I think you were near the end of what you were talking about. I'm finished. Yeah, yeah, I know we were going to move on to some other topics eventually that we'll we'll talk about. But yeah, Robert, how have you mm-hmm. been doing? How's your family doing? How's life been? Mm, well. Yeah, uh, we're all 10 years older since last time we talked. Um, no, I, uh, it's been crazy. I think, I, I think tomorrow I'm going to go to the doctor to get tested. I'm pretty sure I have coronavirus. <laughs> really? So get yeah, out of here. Are you serious? Yeah, no joke. So I've, I've had fevers on and off the past like 10 days. Oh, wow. So oh, man. I, I legit almost didn't log in. But then I was like, if I don't log in, I will never. Well, I think you'd have an excuse if you're not feeling well. (laughs) Well, look, you you never know. You know, it's it's. I never blow you guys off on purpose, but it's just kind of like there's always something going on. And anyway, so I'm. I got a lot of sleep today, which helped, and um, I'm just I'm literally just laying in bed with my headphones and okay, uh, talking to you guys. So so I'm. Well, I hope you feel better. No, I appreciate it. No, it's if if I do, it's not like the obviously the real serious stuff. But I'm I've just yeah. for the most part, I'd stayed at home. Uh, the whole once they did the lockdown, I, I I hadn't left for like literally two and a half, almost three weeks, and I was like, yeah. um, I was like, hey, stay at home orders aren't that hard when I spent like the last fourteen years just drawing from my home and not go, going out anyway. Right. <laughs> um, I was like, man, this whole uh, isolation stuff's awesome, but the uh. But, I, you know, my wife had been running a bunch of errands, so I started going out a lot more. And just not that I'm, like, sickly, but overall, she has a much stronger immune system than I do. And I think I must have caught it just running errands, going to the grocery stores, you know, licking grocery carts, whatever. <laughs> licking so, grocery carts. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably a bad That's idea. That's probably the that. mistake you made, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You guys joke about I, it, but I see people do that. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's crazy out there. So, at, since Easter the, was the first day that I got sick, and then I've it's been kind of on and off. So, gotcha. But yeah, it's just weird right now. I'm I'm luckily I'm still working. We're teaching online, you know, virtual classes, and yeah. Uh, of course, I was working on GI Joe, but then about two weeks ago, I think they kind of put a stop order on everything. So, Pencil just kind of waiting for that to pick up again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if at any point you need to just excuse yourself, we understand you okay. made, you made your appearance. We'll we'll completely understand. Okay. Or if you just happen Check to fall if you just happen to fall asleep yeah, and yeah, start if snoring. Yeah, you just come here for me, and I'm still on. Or especially if I start snoring, all of that is entirely likely. And just so you know, Robert, I looked it up. It was only a year ago. See, okay. So we so, it was episode two twenty four where we all talked about our favorite GI Joe vehicles. Okay. Ah, was that, oh, I remember so was that, that before yeah. or after I got back? What what it was after? Was you, it was after. Well, the show came out in April, so I'm assuming we probably oh, yeah, recorded it in March. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was back. So it's been a legit year, year though. Yeah. Yeah. That's still a year. Right. Yeah. You were on babbling about the bridge layer. <sighs> I can't get enough. <laughs> it's a great vehicle. <laughs> the bridge layer love. Yeah, we were talking about that. So another thing we've been doing recently is that the GI Joe declass or declassified thing that or debriefed. My bad. So the debriefed that we've been doing on YouTube. Well, we've been doing it through Facebook Live uh, with me and Tom Feaster uh, and Carson Metaxas and Brandon Jura. Um, and that came about just through like a very random conversation. Tom Feaster just messaged me and was like, Hey, would you have, they put up the GI Joe cartoons, you know, Hasbro put them up on YouTube. Would you be interested in just watching them and kind of doing like a commentary? And I'm like, Oh, I've done that before. I'm happy to do that again. (laughs) And, um, and then it kind of just became a thing. We didn't realize it was going to be so, you know, kind of produced like a show or anything like that. It was, we were literally just going to have a conversation and maybe stream it on Facebook. That's as far as the conversation went. And then when we got Carson involved, uh, who runs 3D Joe's, and this is what he does for a living. Like he does video editing and yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. I and mean, that's his job. And so he was like, oh yeah, I can get us all set up. And uh, I've got a professional Zoom account like through work. So we could just stream to Facebook from Zoom. And that worked out for us having guests on and things. And then... um uh, so we, we kind of did the, we were going through the first miniseries and then we got, uh, I was amazed we were able to get like Larry Houston on as yeah, a guest. Yeah, that was a great we, episode. Oh my gosh. Uh, we, that just fell in our lap. Like we weren't actively going out to like really recruit guests necessarily. Um, but he was on the stream one night when we were recording and mentioned a few things and we're like, holy crap, is that like the Larry Houston, the guy who, he like storyboarded out the GI Joe movie, uh, you know, cartoon movie opening. He storyboarded a lot in the first couple miniseries. Um, he was like the uh, art director and storyboarder for the X Men animated series in yeah. the 90s. He like storyboarded over a hundred Ninja Turtle episodes. Um, I mean, if you name an 80s cartoon property and he worked on it, and yeah. it just blows my mind. I was like, whoa, wait, wait, this guy? Not- like, I didn't. Uh, no, and first. not to mention he also storyboarded the GI Jeff Community episode. Nice. Oh gosh, oh, I wow. didn't know that. <laughs> we talked about that at the time because I thought that was really cool that he that whole opening he did that too. Yeah. Oh wow, that is. Oh cool. my gosh. So he anyway, that was just such a wonderful chat, and um, then you know they were they were able to get Ron Rudat who did a lot of the toy designs. Um, I've been in talks with the uh, the company that reps a lot of the voice actors, uh, okay. and then of course we've we've talked to you know a couple here on the show. Yeah. Um, but um, we're gonna get I think Morgan Lofting's gonna talk to us next week. Um, nice. And then we've got four others that are lined up. So it's just it's we have no plans for this at all. Like if. It, if we keep going, great, but it's we know how I am about committing to shows, so I don't know if this is – and and Tom Feaster is probably even worse than I am when it comes to committing to things, so – Well, we won't, go in, know, we won't get into that. No but. comments. <laughs> <laughs> ten years, Tom, if you're listening, ten fucking years. <laughs> oh, man. So we'll – yeah, we'll – I mean, right now we're just having fun, especially while everybody's at home. That's really what this – started from 
you know, just, just keep people's mind off of stuff and that, you know, that kind of a thing. So that's been a lot of fun though. We've been doing that the last few weeks. Cool. Cool. And that actually has, uh, sparked an idea for me and it's something that we can talk about in the future, but watching that made me think about this show and I was like, uh-huh. I think maybe not every episode, but maybe every episode that might be what we could potentially do going forward. And I can take the audio because my sister has a professional account. So she told me I could use it uh, to at least yeah. try it out first. And then if I decide, yeah, I really like how this works, then I can just get my own. Um, it's not mm-hmm. that expensive at all. It really isn't. I was um, surprised. Yeah. So, and my thought is then we could record, we'd be able to see each other and everything else. Uh, but then I can take the audio from the recording. I can pull that out of there and put that out as the podcast, but then I can take the video and add in like some, some visual things of stuff we talked about in there in post and then put that on the YouTube channel and that can get the YouTube channel going again. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really set up for that. Like you can, you just, it, it automatically separates, uh, you can have it where it separates all of our audio separately into an, you know, an MP3 file or just the audio as a whole. Yeah. It, it would be perfectly set up to just upload that file for the yeah. for the podcast. Yeah, for sure. So, so it's it's something like you said. Uh, maybe next time we do something, we can uh, mm-hmm. see if everyone's up for doing that. Uh, but yeah, that watching those, I think that the shows have been fantastic. They've been a lot of fun to watch, um, especially when you guys get on a roll talking about something in particular. Um, yeah, and the, like you said, Larry Houston one was amazing. Um, but yeah, it just it kind of sparked a thought of like. Yeah, this might actually be fun for us to do because I know we did do a little bit of video when we were doing, uh, what was the one, John, that you had, uh, blab. Blab. So we could see each other when we were doing those, but we, then we would just get the audio. Well, this I can get the audio and the video. And like I said, in post, I can do stuff like if we're talking about a comic issue, I can put up images from that comic and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it could be pretty fun and that's something I, I have the video. I already have video editing software that I paid good money for. So might as well use it yeah. if I can. So, uh-huh. well, and there was a, there was a segment we had kind of tossed the idea around doing, but we just, we don't want to make this more complicated than it is. And we want to keep it, yeah. you know, pretty streamlined, but we were thinking of, I, I think for star Joe's, it would be awesome. Um, kind of like reaching out to the community. And I know John, you especially, you guys all have commissions that you've gotten over the years that are related to the show, the show's topic. Yeah. And we were thinking of just like, just once a show at the beginning and the end, just spotlighting a commission that's gotten done in the past, you know, yeah. just a, a sketch. It's not something that's printed where people can go and find it. Yeah. And there are just some absolute gems of commissions out there that, for the most part, the fan base hasn't seen. Yeah. And if we just posted, like, if we were doing a video show, you could just put up on the screen, like, the commission, who commissioned it, and who is the artist that did it. And even if we just chatted for, like, two minutes, you know, just who it yeah. was, or if we knew the story from behind it, or somebody could write in and email in, like, a, a commission they, that they got, and we could just spotlight it on the show. Just a way to that, even have some more, like, fan interaction and stuff. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. So... So yeah, so like I said, uh, it's just something I'm playing around with. You guys can let me know, mm-hmm. uh, what your thoughts are. And if you have ideas like, like you just mentioned, Robert, you know, I'm, I'm up for, for kind of reinventing the show a little bit. So, I mean, we've been doing it 10 years now yeah. and I'm, oh man, the only, okay. the, the only way, 
this show's going to keep going is by uh, keeping it fresh and keeping it uh, keeping it interesting for us as well as for the listeners. So, mm-hmm. um, so I kind of brought people up to speed where I was when uh, when I did the Patreon episode that I released, but. Uh, just a, a quick rundown because I know not everyone's going to listen to an almost four hour episode of just me talking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, my wife and I are both, uh, working from home, uh, and I work in a call center, uh, and kind of like an assistant supervisor type position. Uh, so I'm there to support the people that are on the phones and everything else. But yeah, I've been able to work from home. Both of us are extremely grateful that both of us can work from home, uh, that we both still have jobs, uh, cause there's a lot of people that are not in that position right now. And, uh, hopefully things will get better so that they can get back to work. Um, but, uh, I have my, much like you were mentioning, Robert, uh, my wife actually does have a compromised immune system. So we yeah. have to be extremely careful. And because of that, neither one of us have really left the house like at all, uh, since lockdown happened. Uh, so right. we've been in this house together for <laughs> over a month. Uh, thankfully our marriage is very strong. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, but we're kind of homebodies anyways. Uh, Chuck can attest to this for sure. Uh, but yeah, we don't, like we go out and do stuff. Like we'll go to plays and, and sporting things and everything else. But most weekends we just hang out at home. We don't really, you know, have people over or go hang out a whole lot. So for us to be, be forced to stay at home and I sit there and read comic books or watch a movie, that's not unusual for us at all. So, um, we're having groceries delivered because that's a little bit more controlled environment for us is that we can uh-huh. have stuff come into the garage we have them leave it in the garage. Anything refrigerated or freezer, we wipe it down before bringing it into the house. And then after we're done with that, we clean up and wash up. And then anything that doesn't have to go in the fridge or freezer sits in the garage for three days before it even comes into the house. And even then we wipe it down. So so we're being very methodical about stuff. Uh, the only time I actually left the house since the lockdown was to go get gas at the gas station because I needed to mow my lawn and I didn't really didn't have any gas for the lawnmower. So uh, I was very <laughs> careful about that. And my wife left the house once to just to drive her car just to, so her car wasn't sitting there for too long. She didn't go anywhere. She just literally like drove for a while and then came home. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, um, thankfully we have a big backyard. So I'm able to take the dog in the backyard, throw the ball for her, keep her, keep her energized and keep her going. Um, I've been mm-hmm. utilizing my Fitbit every day to make sure I'm getting enough exercise in for myself. I'm actually losing weight again, which uh, a little bit of that is making sure I'm being active, but also uh, looking at the food in their house and going, okay, this might have to last us a while. So am I really hungry or do I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or am I just wanting to snack on something? So, um, so yeah, I've lost about probably 10 to 15 pounds already, um, Ooh, wow, yeah. which I had gained about 20 during the holidays. So I'm almost back to where I was before the holidays. Um, so yeah, things have been good. Uh, again, very grateful for the position we're in, uh, financially and, and, uh, I, I also joked around saying, I feel like I've been, been ready for a stay at home quarantine uh, my whole life with how much stuff I've collected over the years. Uh, cause I have <laughs> plenty of comics and books and music and movies and everything else to, to last me a lifetime. So, 
definitely no lack of entertainment in my house. Uh, we've also been playing ping pong matches. We have a ping pong table that sits on top of a pool table in our basement. And so my wife, <laughs> my wife and I both love playing ping pong. So we've been playing ping pong matches and she kicks my ass every time. So, <laughs> and I'm no slouch. Does she, does it, she hit that serve with like the, the spin English on it? <laughs> no, she gets mad at me because my return hits always have spin on them. So she has to do like a counter spin to it. But she's just yeah. very, she's just, she, she has some good brief reactions, uh, and be able to hit the ball back. Um, and I'm no slouch. I do, uh, I've been in ping pong tournaments at work and stuff like that and I've done pretty well there. So, um, but yeah, she's Is just, she going all like, uh, Bruce Lee with you? Like just nunchucks? Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's just behind the back and everything. Yeah. She does all whole Michelangelo on me. <laughs> <laughs> um could yeah. be worse could be like forrest gump right <laughs> <laughs> i played against a guy like that one time totally oh my god it's it's crazy so um yeah we're, i'm no near nowhere near that level <laughs> nor is she but, but uh, yeah. the one game we had uh, a week or two ago we she ended up beating me but it was like 26 to 24 because you have to win by two so we kept tying yeah. and tying and tying and <laughs> and so that was actually a really good match, but still beat me. So I'm curious. Um, I have a, a few different questions of things that I just thought of to talk about uh, with things going on. I'm, I want to kind of keep it somewhat as positive as possible. I know bad things are happening with some of the topics I'm going to bring up, but um, kind of wanted to spin it into maybe uh, positive things. So with the with the stay-at-home stuff going on and everything else, do you guys have any um, new interests, new projects you've taken on? Anything? It does. It could be geek-related or not geek-related. Like, is, is there new? Are you teaching yourself something new? Are you taking on a new project at home? Are you, uh, Chuck? I know you found a, a, a reignited a, a love interest in in a in your in a hobby recently. Uh, so. Just just throwing that out there, like, is there anything? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, everything kind of for me is same as, you know, business as usual. Um, I still go to work. There's, you know, a lot more precautions, a lot more safety measures and stuff like that. But uh, we typically uh, come, you know, I'll come back from work and I'll, I call it decorone. So I got to go change my clothes real <laughs> fast and I jump in a shower <laughs> And then I come out and, you know, then I, I, I greet my fiance and stuff like that. But I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta go decorone, I gotta jump in a shower. Uh, but yeah, I've really jumped back into comics, um, just buying stuff, back issues and stuff like that online, reading a lot more, going through the stuff I had. Like you said, a lot of us do have, um, trades and issues and stuff like that that we bought that we've never read. We need to catch up on and this is a good time to do it. Uh, we're, almost i would say if there's a, a, a homebody and there's a person who goes out every day we're kind of like in the middle we go out you know before this happened we would go out you know pretty regularly if it's like we go to dinner or we go hang out with her dad and brother or we'll go to the store we'll go walk around go to the park or you know do something but now it's uh i, I just kind of go to work and come back and she's she's, she's kind of staying at home taking uh, online classes and stuff like that. So yeah, I will say that more staying at home. 
Yeah, I will say that uh, we are our own worst enemy because we have a group text message. Uh, there's Chuck, myself, oh, yeah, Rock, sure. uh, uh-huh. Travis, and our buddy Sam. Uh, and this is the reason I brought this up was because Chuck lately, and and the other guys too, but Chuck especially lately has been really getting back into comics as far as looking up different covers and different issues and things like that. And he's like, I'm watching this one. I'm watching this one. I'm watching this one. <laughs> and, and I tell you, I used to give you guys. I first of all, I love our group text message. It, for okay. everything that's going on, it kind of keeps me sane a little bit. So yeah. I, I thank you guys for that. I, I love it. Um, but yeah, I used to rag on you guys for buying, you know, variant covers and stuff like that, especially you, Ryan, I owe you an apology. Um, (laughs) I would rag on you like really hard. I would like, why are you buying the same book, you know, three or four times over? I mean, that's just stupid. What are you doing? That's just a waste of money. And now I'm doing it. Right. So now I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know it comes full circle. I know. I was like, I don't understand why he's got like. 20 copies of this one book. It's the same book. But yeah. Or 70 so some copies of Star Wars number yeah. one. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I've been buying like variant covers and stuff like that. Like, um, I bought a bunch of like Scotty Young covers. I bought some uh, J. Scott Campbell covers and I bought some uh, Mark uh, Brooks covers. Just of, of, of some of the books I had and some of them I didn't. Uh, but Sam's been sharing some, uh, of his purchases and I was like starting to look around and stuff like that. And he bought a bunch of variant covers for Conan, the yeah. uh, first issue, second issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. He's trying to get all the covers. So he was, sh- so. he's trying to get all the covers for, for Conan. So I was like, he, he shared one of them. And I'm like, oh, that looks really good. Who's the artist on that? And he told me. So I looked up some of his artwork and I'm like, I think I have a couple of his things and I didn't even know. Yeah. So I start looking at it. And I'm like, well, he did a lot of other things too. I'm like, this is cool. So I go to eBay, which you know one's inclined to do, and it's relatively inexpensive. So I'm like, well, who else do I like? So I start throwing artists in there: Alex Ross, Scotty Young, you know. So I'm, I just I'm like, well, hey, I can get this book for a dollar seventy-five. I'm like, hey, shipping's four dollars. I'm like, I paid more in shipping than I did for the actual <laughs> book, but. That's that's you got to watch because uh, Travis told me he goes just if you're buying from somebody and they have a lot on there see if you can combine shipping and save yourself some money but I'm like it's a good idea yeah uh, but the stuff I bought it's been like one or two things from uh, like one person and then like one or two things from somebody else but Midtown Comics this past weekend had a 25% off sale and I, I probably bought about 20 books from Midtown yeah. Yeah, and just variant covers and stuff just like fun that. Stuff, yeah, and yeah, yeah, just, just fun stuff. Yeah. yeah, stuff to add to the collection. Would I really want this in my collection? Then I determined it to be yes. Yeah. So, and then uh, so John, how about for you? I know you've been doing a lot with HR Social R. Obviously, feel free to expand upon that as much as you'd like. Um, but also, any other things that have been keeping you busy, or uh, anything you've been doing, like. Have you taken on any new projects or anything like that? I have taken on a newfound love of professional wrestling. <laughs> nice. I, did, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I watched I watched religiously as a kid. Yep. Got out of it in the 90s. Got back into it in grad school when it was the Monday Night Wars. Got out of it when I had children. Kind of watched here and there again, but thankfully, uh, knowing Travis and 
rock as well as I do, they, they and and uh, Chewy, they kind of got me turned back onto it. So yeah. I subscribe. I did a free month subscription to WWE Network, and I have been watching it quite a bit, and watching uh, NWA on YouTube, listening to a lot of wrestling podcasts. Which, if you guys don't know, Rock used to be on this radio show when he was a teenager. He'd call in and prank the guy. It's hysterical. Yes. Um, uh, anyway, so yeah, I've been super getting back into that. And as far as, uh, you know, the other show, yeah, I, I've been really, really, uh, staying engaged with that audience. I've run trivia nights. I'm doing movie nights every couple weeks on, on Twitter. We'll have a vote. So the first night we watched Raiders of Lost Ark. Yeah. Last week we watched Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Uh, just put out some coloring book pages as we talked about. I'm trying to find ways to keep some of the artists that I know, uh, give them some work. Cause I, I know pencils down for a lot of people. It's a challenge right now. Yeah. So I've got a bunch of different ideas of things I'm doing. Launched a T public store where, uh, our, uh, our good friend Shannon helped me design all the logos. Greg Shegel helped me with my bananas logo and every, all my profits from that for the next many months is going to charity. In fact, this month the uh, my we split the profit. Wendy and I split it up. This month, my part my share of the profits going to Hero Initiative, and I'm keeping keep looking for places to uh, give back in that way. So yeah, um, I think that's about all. I don't know. I'm just watching a lot, <laughs> watching a lot of wrestling, that's watching cool. a lot of YouTube, and, and just short stuff, creating content, yeah. and yeah, thinking about. Uh, I still have not taken out the uh, sound wave I bought three months ago to put transform him. <laughs> I need to do that. It just sits in the box, but you know, you're like, oh, you're like Sam, you keep them in the box. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I, I sent a bunch of packages out as I'm square with everybody. The, the listeners that had given us, re- given me reviews two years ago, they, they got gift packages. I know I sent something Ryan's way. I did want to mention that was pre pre COVID. I actually did attend a convention our good friend, the mystical Andre came down and we went to Galaxy Con here in Richmond, which was really interesting from the standpoint that they probably doubled the size of the space. They took the same amount of space and doubled the number of vendors in it. Oh, wow. It was insane. Wow. Was it packed? Uh, packed, just packed and a lot of just garbage, you know, fudge <laughs> and and Etsy stuff, you know, candles yeah. and, and, wow. and nothing to do with comics, nothing to do with art. That was interesting. I, I met Gilbert Gottfried, which was a super big letdown. He was <laughs> oh, <no>. very, very <laughs> quiet. He didn't, he didn't even say thank you, kiss my ass, you know, go fuck yourself. He didn't say anything to me, <laughs> which was just weird. And I, I thought it really bummed me out because I, I was very excited to meet him. I told him that I first, you know, was aware of him. Back in the 80s through National Lampoon magazine, because I know most people going to that convention are probably not reading National Lampoon in 1985. Most <laughs> of them weren't born in 1985. So I was right. hoping to make some kind of I hope he would laugh. He would do something. And he just kind of looked at me. Turned out he was like that with everybody. So it made me feel a little better. You can't be on all the time, you know. No, but I tell you, if you're going to do a convention, you could at least say thank you. That's yeah, true. you know, it's yeah. tough. And now you make have a sick. bad day, but you agreed to be there, and you're taking yeah, money for being there. You know, there's well, an obligation that goes both ways. He wasn't unpleasant. He just was vanilla. I, I was really, sure. 
I was looking forward to something because if you see him, he, he charges you 50 bucks on Cameo to shoot a little two minute video. I figured he'd get for the $20 I paid for an auto for a picture. I figured I'd get something. I did get to meet though the next day I met Jerry Lawler and that was awesome. That yeah. guy <laughs> was so cool. I, he spent, he, he was, he had a line the whole, the, he got, he was there, you know, he got there late in the afternoon, but he took five minutes with everybody. I told him I was watching him as a kid with my grandmother. You know, my grandma and I would watch him in the seventies when he was like, this is pre Andy Kaufman even. And he just yeah. lit up when I said, I used to watch you on wave three in Louisville. He just, and we talked and then I, you know, he <laughs> is an artist for those of you who don't know. He's a very, very accomplished artist. And I was like, Hey, are you drawing this weekend? And he was like, no, didn't bring my stuff. And he was telling me about his tour schedule and everything. So yeah, that was, that made up for the other thing. But, uh, but Andre and I also watched cosplay wrestling, which is some of the silliest shit you'll ever see. <laughs> so if you do get a chance, if you go to a, if, if galaxy con, if it, if, these things ever come back around, at least in the same way. Yeah. Uh, if a Galaxy Con is doing an event where there's cosplay wrestling, go watch it because it's just utterly ridiculous. When there's a four way, when there's a four way match and it's Skeletor, Deadpool, Link, <laughs> something else. And the thing is, I don't understand how they get away with it legally, right? So like at one yeah. point, it's Kylo Ren versus, or not Kylo Ren, um, uh, uh, uh the girl, what's her name? Ray. Uh, Ray. Ray. It's Ray against Evil Lynn, right? <laughs> and they're like using force powers. Like it's not even it's not even close. To, I mean, look, everybody, look, guys, I get it. wrestling is force pre, Wrestling is predetermined, right? Like I get it. Right. You can call it whatever you want. It's predetermined, and the people that do it athletically are very impressive to me. Sure. But this shit's just silly because they're like force choking each other, and whatever. Well, all of a sudden, Kylo <laughs> Ren pops up on the screen, and he force chokes Ray. And she like falls down oh and the gosh. evil intends her. <laughs> it's Peter B. Parker who's running around eating pizza with Miles Morales and, <laughs> and they act like they're shooting webs out of their hands. It's funny as hell. And like I said, Andre and I sat in the back. We had a beer. I'm screaming the whole time. Nothing rude. Just, you know, like yeah. where well, they don't tag the appropriate way, I would yell that's an inappropriate tag and that kind of thing. And and the people around us were all we just laughed. Like it was that's hilarious. That was super fun. So yeah, the fantasy cosplay wrestling league, I think is what it's called. But they have they do like two hours each day of this stuff. And and it was it was it's stupid, but it's very entertaining. Yeah. I just don't get legally how they get away with even they, they use the music. You know, like, oh, yeah, you know, like I said, with like, well, Skeletor, sure it had, that stuff. yeah, but it's, it's a Galaxy Con is a major player, right? Like, they've got four big conventions across the country and their name's on it. You know, it's not like they hire somebody Ooh, out yeah. to do it. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. uh, Galaxy Con was, it was, it was nice to have said I at least went to one convention this year. Uh, for those of you that are kind of paying attention, there's also a lot of art auctions going on. Jim Lee has been oh, killing it with his, yeah, yeah. It's a but I, understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but there, you know, the the creators uh, creators for comics auctions have just wrapped up. Uh, I won an Andrew Griffith commission, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so just you know, trying to find watching wrestling and trying to find ways to to give back where I can. Some of these uh, some of the folks that need help right now. Yeah, and I uh, I. I know I thanked you through text and I know I posted stuff on Star Joe's, but, uh, yeah, the package you sent me was awesome. Uh, for those that didn't, aren't on Facebook or, or whatnot, um, what he sent me was, uh, one was, uh, item, which was the Rudy, uh, pop vinyl, 
which was actually a gift for my wife, and I uh, gave that to her. I actually completely forgot about that, John. I was like, I was like, when I opened the box, I go, "Oh my god, I forgot about this." <laughs> <laughs> um, so it actually sits on our mantle next to the uh, Notre Dame helmet that I got Sean Aston to sign. So, <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. Um, and then there was a Ghostbusters uh, diecast vehicle. Which I have not taken out of the box yet, but that is actually going to come out of the box uh, to go on my Ghostbusters dresser. It's no—it's not even a shelf. It's the top of my one dresser because I have that much Ghostbusters stuff. So uh, it's going to have a prominent place there. And then there is the Milano. It's a little Hot Wheels version of the Milano from Guardians of the Galaxy. And then the ultimate item that was in there, or at least the ultimate in my eyes, was uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ghostbusters. Uh, gold foil titled cover, variant cover, um, from Virginia Comic Con. It was, the art was done by Matt Slay, who I believe we've mentioned on the show before. Um, great artist, and, uh, it's, it's one of the most rare covers, uh, out there. So, uh, I really, really appreciate this. That I actually have it in my hand right now. So, um, cause I want to, I actually want to do something special with it when I set up my turtles um, display and everything. So, mm. so that was awesome to receive. Um, so Robert, how about you? Any any new mm. things? Any new projects? Any uh, anything in particular been keeping you busy? Well, it was it was interesting because right as things really kind of shut down, it just happened to line up perfectly with our spring break for school. So. That's when they decided, okay, we're we're not we're going to go to virtual classes. But I was still like on Joe, and I was trying to wrap up issue two seventy three, I believe. Yeah, two seventy three. I just had a few pages left to do, and um, uh, and so I, as soon as it kind of became prevalent, you know, that that most people were staying home, I definitely started getting emails about people that you know wanted to get commissions from me. And, uh, they're like, Hey, so with all this time on your hands, like, you know, you're going to get that commission done or can I order a commission? You know, I've actually kind of flooded with uh request. And I was like, I am just as busy now, if not more <laughs> so than before all this happened, because transitioning all of our classes to online, we had to do that like within a week basically. Yeah. And then be ready for classes to pick up. And we were scrambling, like we didn't, you know, the professors didn't get a spring break. That's for sure. I was working 10, 12 hour days just on that. And then I still had Joe pages to finish that night. So I was just, you know, from, yeah, I'd wake up and I'd start working on classes at like seven in the morning and I'd be going to bed at two or three at night. And it was just like every night for a week and a half straight. And, um, and so I was like, I, I don't have time for anything. Yeah. So then it ended up working out by classes started and, we got used to that. And then, um, you know, IDW had the pencils down and I was like, Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you could breathe because I know I had just finished 274. In fact, they told us on Friday, they're like, okay, wherever you're at invoice where you're at, like, we'll, we'll definitely pick this up when things get moving again. But for now we have to kind of stop production. Uh, and I was like, are you kidding me? I literally have two pages left. Can I finish these two pages over the weekend? I was like, I'll invoice for them now. We'll do all the paperwork now, but would you allow me to do these two pages over the weekend? And so they were really nice about it. They let me do that. Um, 
And I said, even on like the down low, like if Larry's got scripts for 275 started, I can at least be doing layouts. Like I understand IDW can't pay out right now if they're not pulling money in. But you can set yourself like, up but, for it. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, anything, any way I could get ahead on this schedule, like I will take it. But um, I don't think he had enough done yet that it could get approved. So uh, we're just kind of waiting. But but luckily, I was able to get that issue done. So as soon as things pick up again, like that should ship pretty quickly. And then anyway, we'll move forward. So when that did open up, I did get like a like a week or two where I was able to crank out a few commissions, which was great. Um, people that waited a long time. And, um, uh, but as far as like, uh, you know, kind of interests or things like that I picked up. So part of it was because of watching GI Joe again, that just got me excited about those cartoons we grew up on. So I've been going around and just watching like an episode or two of everything. So nice. I saw like the first couple episodes of Thundercats and then of like Silverhawks and then Brave Star and Cops and Ninja Turtles. And I'm, I'm mostly just trying to watch either the first miniseries or like the first three or four episodes of everything. Nice. And oh my gosh, it has been so much fun. Like, I'm sure. If I don't have the DVD set, then I try and find it online or, you know, even if I just buy a couple episodes instead of a full season of everything, uh, the old Voltron, uh, Robotech, um, and what else? I mean, so that's what's been on the background as I've been working on commissions, and it has been so much fun. <laughs> it, <laughs> I really it, loved it's it. It's funny too, because like you mentioning all those shows, I one of the things I'm working on, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but it's been kind of reorganizing things, and I went through all of my DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff like that, and I have a drawer that has just all those '80s ones that I have. So yeah. like all the ones you just mentioned, other than Cops, I don't think I own Cops on DVD. Um, but all the other ones I have. Oh, Cops is so. Oh, crazy. it is. It is. It the designs were awesome, and I, and the actually the animation really holds up. But I cannot stand listening to that. Show. <laughs> the, the voice acting is so over the top. It's just yeah. too much. But, but it, I, yeah, but yeah, I have all I have all those shows like in this one drawer, and uh, and like Voltron, they came out with the the tins a while ago where uh, they were. Yeah, the those were good. Yeah, yeah, so I have all of those. The different so. lions. Yeah, I was watching like Mask. I was, man, I'm trying to think oh, what else. Yeah. Like Mask and uh, even stuff like Smurfs and just stuff like just 80s. Any if it was a cartoon in the 80s, I pulled up just the list. And I've been going through it, and I've been trying to find even if I just watched like a clip of like the Alf cartoon or something, you know. Nice. Nice. I'll watch it. It's awesome. It's been fun. Uh, well, for me, uh, what I, I'm catching up on a lot of my comic reading, uh, which is good because I'm behind on everything. I'm still behind on a lot of stuff, but I'm actually getting caught up on a lot of, uh, a lot of different series and stuff like that. Um, which has also been good because it's been making me kind of evaluate, evaluate like what I want to continue with, um, when this is all over and stuff. Like I'm definitely going to be cutting some titles and, and stuff like that, but, um, the, the other thing I've been doing is, uh, my kind of my year long project. I posted on Patreon uh, a video of like my guest room that is a, was a total mess and it still is a total mess. Um, <laughs> and then I did a video of my basement and I, I'll be releasing that, uh, as of this recording, it will be coming out probably after this episode, uh, to Patreon members. And that was like a 40 minute video of my basement. Just like, just, uh, Hoarder is not a good <laughs> enough term <laughs> for just the stuff I had piled up. 
And it's just all comics and trades and collectibles and toys and stuff like that. And it's really makes me uncomfortable that I have this stuff just sitting around like that because I don't get to enjoy it. I, it's not easily accessible. Yeah. I can't find anything. Um, and there's a lot of stuff I don't remember I had because it just sat in this pile, in these piles for like years. So what I am doing, it's a, like I said, it's a year long process, but what I'm doing is I'm actually going through all that stuff, especially in the basement and reorganizing. I'm clearing stuff out and I'm turning my, so I have a big area in the basement when you come down the stairs and that's where the pool table is and ping pong table and all that. All that's down there in the big area. But then you go around the back of the stairs and there's there's like a, a hallway and another kind of uh, area that's like maybe the size of a small bedroom. Um, and that area I want to turn into like a mini library area. Library area. Uh. So I'm going to be having bookshelves down there that's going to have all my trades, all my uh, hardcovers, uh, all my books. And then I have baker's racks down there that are going to have my uh, short boxes of comics that I'm keeping. And then everything else is going. Uh, I will have uh, various statues and, and toys and everything else on the top of those bookshelves for display. Probably a little mm-hmm. bit on the actual bookshelves themselves. And then anything else that doesn't go there is is being sold uh, or donated or, or whatnot. My guest room is not going to really have barely any books or comics in it anymore, and it will be solely for display. So, Robert uh, and Chuck, I know you guys have seen my room, like, uh, yeah. where I have, like, the shelves and everything else. Well, I also got some of those uh, Detoff uh, glass cabinets from Ikea. Oh, cool. So those yeah. are going to come be built up in this room up here once all the books are out of it, and then I'm going to be able to display a bunch of stuff. So, again... If I can display it or easily access access it on a bookshelf, it'll stay. If I can't do either, then it's going to be sold. Uh, so I'll be making some <laughs> tough choices, but at the same time, they're not that tough yeah. choices when I think about it because a lot of the stuff I haven't been paying attention to for years anyway. So, right, um, right. And that's a. I kind of ran into that a bit where I was really collecting hard for a few years, uh, and. And, and I was like, as soon as I couldn't display it anymore and it was just going into a closet. Yeah. I was like, do I, I don't need this anymore. And it, I was really sad. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, like, a, that's the thing. I it's need making, a bigger room it, or a bigger house. I was like, no, that's not the answer. That's not going to help yeah. me. And, and that was the thing. It was, it was actually making me depressed and actually making me really sad uh, about it. And I actually yeah. mentioned that in the video. Like it, it actually was reaching a point of me almost being in tears because I'm like, this sucks. This shouldn't, this is not what a collection should be like. So I, I sent yeah. you guys, I'll put it on Star Joe's, the group page. Um, but I sent you guys a picture of, of that back area, uh, and what it looked like, uh, in a text message here. And then I'm sending you how I cleared it all out. And then I'm going to send you a picture of, um, how I put carpeting down with, uh, and then how I've also put in some bookshelves now. So I just sent you guys like four different pictures. So you'll see the mess that it was. <laughs> Whoa. And, yeah. And then you'll see like how I just cleared it completely out of that area. And then that, and then stuff is going in there slowly, but surely. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to fit probably about 10 bookshelves down there in that area. <laughs> All um, those stacks of comics. Man. Yeah. 
yeah. that was like my studio yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah. So it's so I like I'll have ten probably about anywhere from nine to ten bookshelves down in that area will fit in there nicely, and then I can actually put everything there. I can and then I can walk down in that area, turn the light on, and find something I want to read very easily. Yeah. Um. So that's what I'm that's what I'm working on. Like I said, it's going to take me at least a year to set it all up, and then it's going to take me a year or longer to get rid of everything else. So, uh, so it's going to, it's going to take some time, but I, it's making me very energetic. When I start working down there, I'm down there for hours just like, because I'm <laughs> so energized to do it. Cause I, I actually like what I'm doing. Yeah. So, um, so it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, I'm very happy with what I've done so far and I've started putting omnibus editions on those bookshelves. Uh, cause I know I'm keeping those and, and stuff. So, uh, so that's been, that's what I've been doing with having this extra time now. Cause I don't have a driving commute anymore. Uh, there's some days where I'm like this coming Saturday, I'm, I'm working. So I had to take a day off during the week because of that. Uh, but my wife isn't taking a, a day off during the week. So while she is working, I was down in the basement working on this. So, oh, yeah. um, so it, stuff like that. And I've taken even a day off from work cause I have vacation time to use. I can't go anywhere, but you need a mental break. <laughs> so, yeah. So I would take like, I took a vacation day off the one day and that's when I actually cleared everything out of there. Um, so, so it's, it's been really good. It's been therapeutic in a way. <laughs> um, and then I'm also, uh, I have a bunch of Lego sets that I just never built. So I'm kind of building those and that's been fun too, uh, to, because then now that they're being built, then they'll go and be displayed. So, uh, so that'll be fun. So, so that's what, that's what I've been up to. Um, now one thing I, I know, obviously the comic industry, uh, is being hit pretty hard. A lot of comic shops and everything else, but I'm kind of curious, like we have a local comic shop here. Um, and Chuck, I'll let you talk about like what they've been doing, but I'm kind of curious, uh, is there any comic shops around you guys? Are, are they doing anything in particular during this time period to kind of keep themselves afloat or, um, or they just closed down or like what, what's kind of going on in your areas there as far as comic shops it, that you're aware of? Um, well down here in Savannah, we had, it was really interesting because downtown Savannah is this very historic, uh, kind of city, very touristy, but it's awesome. If you guys ever get a chance to visit, uh, and we've got a guest room, so you guys are welcome to come hang out, <laughs> but I didn't Not know, while you're um, sick. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Wait to get better, yeah. Sure. I'll show you how to link uh, grocery cards. But we, so when we, cool. when you guys come down, <laughs> um, so in downtown, it, there hasn't been a, a comic shop for probably around 10 years. There is a shop that has like old 80s uh, toys and video games, and there are some comics there, but I wouldn't classify it a comic shop. So we haven't had a devoted, devoted shop since I was actually a student here like 15 years ago. So, um, there is one like way south of town. You got to drive 20 minutes to get to it on the same day, like free comic book day last year, two shops opened like within a mile of each other. Oh, wow. And I was like, is, can Savannah like sustain two, you know, devoted comic shops? And what was really interesting is one of them was right on one of the historic squares that gets lots of touristy traffic. And what they did was, it's called um, Odin's and Sons, and they have uh, like a cupcake shop in the front, 
so as people are walking around in like the touristy area, they're like, ooh, cupcake, like uh, cafe. And the cupcake shop, now nah, nah, I can't think. Uh, I think it's called Mad Max Cupcakes. And it's like, uh, they have all these really fun themed, you know, cupcakes and flavors and colors and stuff. That's all very comic booky pop culture. Yeah. And then just to the right of the main counter, you walk back through this kind of brick uh, tunnel kind of walkway and then it opens up into this comic shop and it feels like a secret kind of hideout of a of the layout is really interesting they do mostly just like current books and collectibles so while they they're definitely a comic shop but they don't really like have a huge back stock or sure. that kind of thing so they they opened up and we went there on the free comic book day uh because it's a little close to where i work and i had heard about it but on the exact same day the other shop is called neighborhood comics and they opened up on the kind of more south end of downtown. And I happened to swing by there and I love this shop. Like I, it's not that I don't like the other one, but this one is like to me such a, the epitome of a great comic shop. It's nice and open. It's clean. It's inviting. It's like family run. They have independent books and trades and, um, you know, current books and back stock and some collectibles, but that's not their focus. It's definitely like about comics. They do like an art show every month with uh, people in the community. Anybody can submit art to the art show and they'll display it and sell it off the wall. And I don't know, man, they do lots of fun events. The 501st shows up there, you know, almost like every other Saturday to do pictures with kids and things. And um, anyway, so they're really interactive and man, so this, for both of these shops, this is wrapping up their first year. Like they actually both did gangbusters. Like they did great. In, in an industry and in a market where, you know, comic shops are having a hard time. Sure. So we were, I was really, you know, we, I bring, we'll walk from class and I'll bring my class to the comic shop as a field trip. And then we, nice. And then we just talk about like the market and then I buy everybody a comic book and just like, we just have this like party. It's great. So the, um, let me know when you're doing that because I want to be part of that tour. <laughs> yeah, Most, just, mostly just so you'll buy me a comic book, but. <laughs> <laughs> well we we so we uh anyway so i was really you know to be honest i've just become part of this community of both these shops and i was nervous for them so they they definitely closed up they started you know obviously kind of selling more stuff off their website as much as possible sure before businesses locked down they were doing it where you could you could pay online and swing by like curbside and they would just you know, put your books in a bag yeah. Your, yeah your books in a bag and hand it to you and you drive off but once they had to like officially shut down as businesses were kind of forced to close, um, they've done a few promotional things. Like you could buy a shirt that just says like support your local comic shop and it has a cool design on it with their, their they have like a character art for a logo. Um, and so you could support that way. You could, you could, for a little while they're doing things where you could still buy the books that were in your pull list and then just the idea is that you'll pick them up as soon as they open up again, which helped them still get money. But then as soon as Diamond stopped, like they weren't getting new product anymore. Yeah. Um, so they've tried to do some things. They've, they've done a lot of online promotional things where they, they did this fun, like six panel story or like six panel layout that just has their logo and it's like create a, uh, like your own little mini comic about your week. It's mostly like they're always trying to appeal to kids and, and get kids involved. But. Nice. You know, they're doing some things, but I mean, everybody, they're having yes. a hard time of it. But. Sure, sure. Well, hopefully, one, hopefully once they can open back up, 
the community will be like, oh, let's help them out. So, mm-hmm. um, John, how about you? Like, are you aware of like any comic shops around you, like that are doing things to kind of get by or? I know they're, they're doing mail order. Okay. In fact, Andre and I were talking about this because his shop up outside of DC where he lives is doing mail order until things stop getting printed, but seeing a lot of mail order and I'm seeing some really cool stuff they're doing, particularly through Facebook. Mm-hmm. They'll do auctions, mm-hmm. you know, or have, Hey, we're going to be on for an hour and here's different. Here's some, you know, sweet silver age, golden age stuff. You know what I mean? Just yeah. packaging things in a different way to keep, to keep people engaged. And I, I think it's, it's really interesting to see the creativity that some of these folks have yeah. or have come up with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I always shout out Acme Comics down in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's one of my favorite shops in the country. You know, Greensboro is doing something all the time. Yeah. And they have they'll have guests come on with them. You know, so there'll be a couple people in the shop and they'll they'll talk about whatever. And just keeping people engaged, letting them know they're out there and and that you can order and get things from them. And that's what I kind of hope, like, that comes out of this, too, because there's always, you know, no matter how tough things get there's always something positive that comes out of stuff too um and that's what i kind of hope that comes out of this when it comes to comic shops and, and and other businesses in general is that a lot of businesses have had to find new ways to do things um and i'm hoping that some of those new things don't go away just because everything's open again like i hope they still kind of keep they don't have to do it with the maybe the frequency that they do they do now but I hope that they kind of remember like, Hey, people kind of liked when we did this. Let's, let's do that, you know, once a quarter or something like that. I, I think that would be good. Um, uh, Chuck, what, uh, I, I know you go to the same comic shop, uh, support the same comic shop I do, which is Carol and John's. Uh, and I know that they, much like Robert was mentioning, uh, you know, the curbside, they did that for a little while, uh, for I think, a week or two until they were forced to close down. But, uh, tell, Tell listeners like what John's been doing uh, to kind of keep things going for them. Yeah, once uh, it seems like once a week they do uh, one of those Facebook Live um, auctions, like John mentioned, where they'll take uh, a group of books, you know, fifty or so, maybe even more, and he'll give a little synopsis of it, a little backstory of it, and he'll uh, and they'll you just type in like claim Amazing Spider Man, you know, uh, like one twenty five. And they have people there who work in the shop and they check the timestamp on it and see who got in first. And then you, you buy the book for the amount that they're showing for it. It could be like, you know, anywhere from 10 bucks to 20 bucks to 50 bucks, depending on what it is and conditions and stuff like that. Um, that's kind of how they're staying in business right now. I know John said he's not taking a salary until everything opens back up. So the first sale they did, they, it was just to pay the two full time employees and keep them. And, uh, with their salary and health benefits and stuff like that, which was really nice for those two guys. Uh, the next sale they did was for you know, rent utilities and stuff like that. Cause they're in a little shopping strip mall, um, shopping plaza. So they have a overhead cost of that stuff with utilities and rent. And they just did another one, um, this past Sunday. Yeah. Um, I couldn't go to that one. I was taking the boys back to their mom. But um, I don't I don't know what that one was for. I, but I, I can't probably for more salary or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember if he said specifically which what that one was for. Um, but they 
so basically what he's done, and I, I think it's about a hundred books. It's, it feels like it's less because it's, he gets, yeah, like, quick. yeah. But, uh, but he, he goes does, through like chunks of five at a time. It yeah. might be a hundred, but yeah, but he does like, uh, they're late, uh, late silver age, early bronze age titles. Early bronze, yeah. And he'll do, um, all Marvel. He did one all DC, uh, but he's really a Marvel zombie. Uh, and so it's mostly been Marvel titles that he does. Um, he base he he uh, grades them himself. He says I've been grading comics since I was 11 years old. He says I know it goes into gradings, but he doesn't. These are not CGC books, so he says no. Uh, so what he does though is he tells you what grading he would give it, and then uh, he bases it on what the price guide would show the price should be at that grading, and then he does 50% off that. So if he grades something at a nine, and he said he never grades anything above a nine point two, and he's it's very rare that he grades something at a nine point two. So he says if you get something from me that's at a nine point two, it actually might be a nine point six or nine point eight or something like that. But he says he'll never personally grade anything above a nine point two, and even that grading is rare for him. Um, but he'll he'll price it, you know, he'll look in the guide. Let's say he, he grades something at a 8.0 and he looks it up and in the price guide it's a $40 book. Well, he, he'll sell it for 20 then. Uh, so he's, he, he tries to offset if his grading is a little off by reducing the price on it. Um, and, uh, he does, t- like Chuck said, he tells little stories about what he knows about that issue or maybe the creators behind it. Uh, what happens in the issue, stuff like that, uh, he'll talk about. So it's entertaining as well. Uh, he, he's doing a really good job of it. And it's something that I hope he still does. Again, one of those things I hope he still does every once in a while. Um, but yeah, he's not taking uh, a salary at all. He's not getting any money from these sales. It's strictly to pay his two employees and to pay for, you know, keeping the lights on and keeping the place rented and everything. Um, so I, I like the fact that he's doing that. He was supposed to have Chris Claremont out this year for Free Comic Book yeah. Day. So it's obviously disappointing. And he said, I don't want to be the guy that kills Chris Claremont. So <laughs> so he's like, right. we're not doing that. But uh, he said once they're able to do something, Chris Claremont's still willing to come out whenever they're able to get the okay to do something big. They are celebrating their 30th anniversary this coming October. So he says he's hoping that maybe they can, they'll be able to do something by then. And if that, if they can by then, then they'll have Chris out at, out at that time. Um, so he's, he's very much a, a pillar in the community. Like he works with a lot of businesses. He, he's very well liked, uh, cause he, he does, he does stuff cause he cares and he loves the, he's he, a volunteer fireman too. Yeah. He, he loves the comic community. He loves comics. Uh, and you know, uh, and he's got a lot of support because of that. Like a lot of the community really, you know, they come out in droves. I mean, people are ra- uh, rapidly going for these issues when they become available. So, um, yeah, the last sale, I believe it was like four or five issues didn't sell and he puts them up on Facebook and people buy them that way too. Yeah. So I think everything's been selling. Yeah, he. I think the first one he did, he sold like ninety percent of the books uh, at the sale, uh, and then yeah. like the last one, like you said, I think he he just didn't sell four issues, and then those sold. So he actually sold all hundred books that he he had listed. Um, but he's had some like they're not 
key issues necessarily. He's had a couple key issues, but they're kind of like, like low key minor issues. keys. Yeah. yeah. Like minor key issues. first appearance of this particular villain, like will of the wisps and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but, the tarantula. Right. But he did have um, one recently where it was like the first appearance of the Teen Titans. And that book he sold for a lot. It was like over 200 some dollars. And he says it's probably like a $400 book, but he sold it for like 200 some dollars. But, um, but most of them, like, like you said, Chuck, most of them he's selling for like 10 bucks, 15, 20, somewhere around in that, mm-hmm. in that price range. So they're very affordable for people to, to get. Uh, and then you just, they list who won what, and then you just contact the shop and pay over the phone. And they are, if you're local, uh, in the Cuyahoga County area, they will drop them off at your house. Uh, and then, uh, if you're not local, they, they tell you what the shipping prices would be. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what they're doing. And like I said, I hope that's something that maybe they'll still do every once in a while, uh, once this is all over, but, uh, definitely a lot of shops doing some cool things. So, yeah, you got to be innovative and do things outside of the box to yeah. to stay afloat, or you're just gonna go, you know, yeah, out of business. Yeah. So here's kind of a question for you, and we're certainly not going to solve the industry right now, but thing, <laughs> the things things have been put on on hold. Uh, it seems like things are going to start back up again relatively soon, as far as comics being produced and everything else. But I know, Chuck, you kind of mentioned this at one point uh, in our group text, so it kind of got me thinking about this being a question. Um, since there was this pause in comics, you know, and I don't think comic companies are doing this, but I think maybe they should. Uh, I feel like it's a good opportunity to take a step back and before everything starts back up again and think about how you're doing comics and uh, what how you you might want to be approaching comics when you return. So I'm kind of curious, like what are you, what do you guys think about as far as what are some things that the comic publishers could be doing uh, to help bring in readers uh, without necessarily pissing off all the old readers, which uh, just my opinion, I do feel like there's some publishers that are doing that. They're trying to bring in new readers at the expense of the old readers. Um, but like, is there, do you guys have any thoughts or ideas of like things that the publishers could be doing, uh, to approach things maybe a little differently than they have been take advantage of the fact that they are not able to produce anything. So when they come back, they, they are producing maybe something a little bit different than they did before. Well, I think, I mean, Oh, go ahead. I I, I was going to say, there's a couple things I've become aware of since, especially since teaching down here and trying to help, you know, kind of younger artists, get into the industry, mm-hmm. uh, which is already kind of a tough market, but it's, it's how enormous the book market is becoming. So we have, you know, this quarter we were going to have various publishers and editors come down and look at student portfolios. And we're doing a virtual version of that now, but basically we have people coming from like penguin random house and Harper Collins and scholastic and Macmillan books. And so these things that you would see at Barnes and Noble and every other, you know, Amazon and book market type world. Um, and, and the type of money that they're able to throw around for contracts, for people to do 200, 300 page graphic novels for the young adult book market or for like what they call middle grade mm-hmm. blows my mind. 
I mean, we, and no joke, we have students graduating and getting signed on to do, uh, you know, a graphic novel for 40,000 to $150,000 a book. Wow. And that's like an, it's like an advance. So that's advance on royalties. And then they also would get percentage of sales after the fact. I went into and, the wrong industry. Well, <laughs> that wasn't, a, I mean, the, no, I the thing is that wasn't around even 10 years ago. Right. Like five years ago it was just starting with kind of like, you know, the babysitters club and like diary of a wimpy kid and people thinking, Oh wait, images and, and, and prose can be mixed together for the young adult market. Yeah. And, uh, but that's where we're at now. Yeah, and so the thing is, kids are still reading comics. Lots of them are. But and these are like New York Times bestsellers. And but it's just not at the monthly comics at the comic shop. You know, it's yeah. the market is changing. Uh, and so the, the thing is, I don't know that we have to balance the new reader and the old reader. The old reader is going to be going for that direct market book that they were, that they grew up on. Yeah. And they're just happy to be honest that their kids are reading any comics. Mm -hmm. And then, and even if, uh, kids nowadays are just, you know, parents are happy that they're reading anything, you know, that they're, they're willing to read anything instead of playing a video game or, or, you know, watching YouTube or something. So, well, and I, and I totally agree um, with you, Robert. I think the, the, the statement I'm saying as far as at the expense of the old reader is that, I think that the monthly floppies that the old reader does get, I think the, uh, I see this from some, pu some publishers. They're trying to reinvent those monthly floppies for the new reader. And I don't think that's the right approach because right. some, of, some of those, no. are, some of you're losing some of your old readers because, Hey, we're trying to do this. And it's like, yeah, but that's not what new readers and young readers are reading. They're reading exactly what you're referring to. So right. I actually like what I think. I was gonna say, I actually like what oh. DC has done, which is DC has their monthly floppies, but then they're coming out right. with these graphic novels and they're coming out with these short mini series, like under the black label or under the young adult labels and stuff right. like that. Right. Well, I think that they, so in, in my mind, and who knows if this will actually happen, but to be honest, I think we are going to move away from the monthly distribution method because yeah. if, if this has shown anybody anything is that if one, the sole monopoly distributor shuts down for any reason that completely cripples the industry. Yep. Like if the second diamond closes its doors, like there is literally nothing else besides digital sales or book market sales. <laughs> yep. So, and it's not that diamond is, is evil. It was just that the market couldn't sustain multiple distributors. And as people like came to diamond and said, Hey, do you want to buy out our company? Cause we're not making money. Diamond's like, well, sure. Of course. So diamond, well, yeah, too, yeah, but it was Marvel and, and Marvel and DC wanted just one distributor. Yeah, it was they wanted just sense. diamond. Yeah, but then in the long run, it, it creates you know like a an unintentional well, monopoly in a small industry. So yeah, it, it, it it looks like DC might be leave, it looks like DC might be leaving diamond anyway because they right. announced they're going to start doing things different and they're going to partner with DCBS and uh, they're going to be shipping their comics and giving them. Uh, say for on Tuesday instead of like Wednesday comic book. So you're going to get four or five titles through DC that are going to be available first yeah, like on Tuesday. Early, yeah. yeah, day early. And I, I don't understand the rationale of that, except it, it, it just self-serves DC. 
Well, it does. It it it, it breaks up the market. I think what it, what they're trying to do is on a minimal scale break up the the dependence on diamond. I think you know what's going to happen is that the book market's not going anywhere because it is so strong. But the people who do monthly comics, I think it'll transition to uh, they might re- they might still be on a monthly schedule, but they'll release the monthlies digitally and then release the trades through the book market publishers and distributors. So. You know, Disney would partner with, or I think they have, I think Penguin is Disney. Um, and then like, you know, Disney AT&T owns everything. Time, so yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. AT&T, Time Warner, you know, they, they own, I think they own Harper Collins. So they each have their own, yeah. you know, publisher. And so they have the infrastructure if they just, you know, combine that. And right. I think the only reason the bigger companies haven't forced their hand and made Marvel do one thing one way or DC the other way is because that's not typically how these mergers work. They don't go in and micromanage everything. Well, that, they're and, like, well, keep doing what you're doing. Well, as I say, and that's yeah. the big thing is, is people don't necessarily want change or like change. It's like, well, this has been working, so we're just going to keep doing it this way. And then yeah. it's not until something like this happens that you're like, well, wait a minute. I see it's not working. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, isn't it in the best interest of the comic book shop owner to just have one, you know, distributor, you're paying yeah, one they, person, you know, when your books are coming, you have one invoice that you have to pay yeah. instead of splitting things up and like, well, I've got this invoice on this day and I got to pay this and I got this books coming on this day unless, and I got to pay this guy. Unless the competition causes prices to go down for the comic shop owners. Uh, I don't know. So that's the way it was in the, the late 80s and the yeah, early 90s. Yeah, it was like there that were, earlier. There were multiple yeah. distributors. And so there was this kind of Twitter conversation between uh, Kurt Busiak and, and a couple other creators. And the thing is now, like comic shop owners, they really like uh, just the, as far as the organization of it, only having to deal with one yeah. distributor. Right. It seems like it would be so much easier. And there's only one customer service number they need to call if something goes wrong. There's only one yeah. catalog they have to deal with. But yeah, the other end of it is that Diamond can then just quote whatever rate they want. And so at times, Diamond's taking 60% of, of the wholesale price, which is yeah. ridiculous that Diamond makes more than the creators or the publisher do. Right. That's crazy to me. Right. And it's because they haven't had any competition. And yeah. you know, competition does help bring prices down. So, um, you know, I, I realize prices go up over years and years and years, but competition does also help prices come down. So... So yeah, it can be a it can be a pain in the ass as a comic shop owner, but if at the end of the day you're maybe maybe getting more people coming into your uh, buying more stuff because the the prices aren't as high um, because right. there's that competition that potentially could be a good thing. I know a lot of people that left comics because the the price of a comic kept going up. So right. Um, well, I think you know things like comic shops. I I feel for them because. You know, in the, in the, well, in the speculator market, there was, you know, over 12,000 comic shops throughout the country. And then when everything crashed out, you know, since the early 2000s, there's been anywhere between three and 5,000 comic shops in the U.S. And now we're down to like 2,500. And after this, there might be less just because of small businesses going out of business. If the market changes to a a, a digital distribution or obviously book market, then that's going to whittle down even more. But that said, I don't think comic shops will ever 100% go away because we still have hundreds of thousands of back issues. Right. And just like people have like 
uh, vinyl, you know, oh, album say record shops stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're around, and you never know when this stuff will like kind of come back, and there'll be a retro and a nostalgia boom, and like they. Luckily, there's enough pop culture awareness and collectibles that you could still sell graphic novels yeah. and trades, collectibles, games, and back issues, even if you don't have what's on the monthly, you know, floppy shelves anymore. Yeah. John, what about you? Do you think anything in particular that they they could be doing or spinning off of anything that we've said so far? Or? Look, I haven't paid attention in years. That's why, I, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> no, I, I, well, and, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. No, when I say I haven't, I haven't paid attention to the market. Yeah. I go to comic book shows and I see fewer and fewer dealers yeah. and more people selling other stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm going to ask Robert because, or I'm going to ask Chuck because you both have children. What comic books are your kids reading right now? My youngest uh, reads the Dog Man books. Okay. Yeah. But what monthly comic book? Any monthly? Oh, no. Any no. traditional DC nope. Marvel property comic stuff that we talk about? Nope. Nothing. So um, my, about your kids, Ryan was. He was reading the SpongeBob comic book for a while, but nothing now. Okay. Um, yeah, my daughter, she reads, so again, it's not strictly monthly. She reads a, a book called Merman, which is again, yep. uh, just like Love a that graphic book. novel comes out. It's so fun. Yep. But the, um, she reads the My Little Pony. She likes that. Uh, okay. and she, and my son Connor will, uh, he really digs like ever since into the Spider Verse. He, he really likes like, Spider-Gwen comics, Miles Morales, you know, not always strictly like straight up amazing Spider-Man, but a lot of the spider family spinoff books he'll read. Um, it's more, but it's less like, Hey dad, I want to go to the shop and pick up the next, next issue. It's like, Hey, I got you this next issue. And he's like, awesome. And he'll read it. Yeah. But yeah. it's not because he's clamoring for me to go and buy I, in the next one. Yeah. I think that's the bigger issue at play here is sure. that I, as, as somebody that's kids aren't reading anything, my niece loves anything by Raina Tinglemeyer. Sure. But she's Smile not doing DC Marvel. Yeah, that's not traditional funny book, superhero comic book stuff, right? Mm-hmm. right. And I think, I think that's the, the bigger issue at play is that y- we have to adjust. I, I agree with Robert. Absolutely. There's always going to be a storefront. It, it just like used bookstores, they still exist. Yep. Comic book shops are going to exist in some way, but you know, the, I think the model is flawed. I, you and we've had this conversation way too many times. Yeah. You know what I think about the pricing on stuff to get 20 pages of content. Yeah. The fact mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I think it's funny. They always, they joke about the variant covers yet. How many variants did they do for Star Wars number one from Marvel? 150? Well, like, about, about, <laughs> there was about 80. Crazy. There was about 80, something like that. Okay. Still 80 so 90, which is still, still a lot. Yeah. Is, it, it, it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. You got, IDW with GI Joe, they do three or four covers. That's I'm sorry guys, that doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean it's great. They, and they've, they've always, always, done always that. good to have more art in the world, but that it's that kind of it's that kind of stuff. It, yeah. It's double shipping it, for people that do read oh, monthly. I hate that. How, yeah. how, how, how many issues of a, of whatever title X Men? I'm just gonna say X Men. I don't even know if that's an, a current title, but if X Men yeah. X Men is a title, and they put out three issues in one month. It's garbage. Yeah. That's not, I mean, that's not how it should work. So they, they, I think they've effectively killed it themselves. I agree. And, well, they're, pat, they're yeah, patching it, over the cracks with those types of, 
uh, business models because they know X-Men will sell. So if like, hey, if we put out three or four months, then those are guaranteed sales. But that's not a true reflection of market growth. No, exactly. And, and you're not getting new people. I think, you know, especially yeah. if you walk into a store and say Spider-Man and into the, the Spider-Verse comes out. Yeah. What, what Spider-Man comic do I go? What can I give a kid if everything's got a T on it? Right. If yeah. they all give it a T rating, you know, and, and it's it's that kind of stuff. I mean, it's well, it's it's. And, and to, I, I don't want to say it's frustrating because it's not frustrating for me anymore. Because yeah. it's not that I don't care. I, well, obviously, I want to support my friends, Robert. You know, we I've known you for ten years now. Like uh-huh. the the guys I know doing this stuff, I want them to be working. I want them to be successful. I, I just feel like particularly the publishers have, I think we can all agree, DC and Marvel, their, their owners don't give a shit about comic books. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care. Agreed. They, they want to sell underwear. They want to sell, sell underwear. They want to sell movie sandwiches and, and all the merchandise with it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They, they don't care about comic books and it's gotten more and more challenging. Oh, you know, I wish everybody well. I want everybody to do well, but yeah. I, I just, it's not, it's not going to end well. And in this, I think you have to have a situation like we're living through right now is only going to exacerbate that issue. Or maybe it's sped up something that we think was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, in, and, that's, in and that's what made me even think about it was because of this current situation. I feel like it, it should be a time when they're looking at what, why it's not working. Cause it's not working. Um, but to your, to one thing you mentioned, Robert, like, you know, X-Men will sell and stuff like that. But, to a certain extent, because I will tell you for a fact, when they did uh, Hickman's Powers of X and House of yeah. X, um, or Powers of Ten, I guess is what it was called. That was so I, good. I yeah. loved it. It was awesome. But then what did they do right after that? Came out with six X-Men yeah. titles, <laughs> and then they came yep, out yep. the next month with four more X-Men titles. So now we're back yeah. to the 90s where there's ten X-Men titles. Well, guess what I ended up doing? I dropped all of them. And I right. love the X-Men. The X-Men's one of my favorite teams in comics. I absolutely adore the X-Men. Yeah. But I'm like, I can't, That's one of the, I can't keep up with ten titles. I'm sorry, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I hadn't bought monthly floppy comics in a long time. I mean, seven, eight years, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I'd just been getting trades, like through in-stock trades and other places. But I when these comic shops open locally, I wanted to support them. And again, I would take my classes there. And so I kind of started a pull list and I slowly started buying more comics and man, I just, uh, I do love it. I love that. And sure. when house of X and powers of X were coming out, I was so hooked. I was so excited to go there every week and have a new book. Yeah. And then I, d- I did keep on with some of the X-Men books, but, but immediately it was like a, it's a chore, you yeah. know, to, and I'm not getting all of them, but you know, four or five of them still. And it's, uh, before I know it, like bang, they're already up to issue six or seven. And I've got, you know, 30 books to read. And I'm like, whoa, yeah, yeah. this got out of hand real fast. Yeah. So, and they, and, 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 and then of, like I said, they keep, they keep coming out with new ones and everything else. And, and my hope yeah. was that with that, when they did that relaunch was that, okay, we're going to go from two titles to maybe four titles, maybe, or maybe yeah. just sticking with just two titles. Um, I would have been thrilled with that because then I, I could have probably kept up with it and everything, but I was just like, yeah. I, I reached the exact point that you did, Robert, which is I wasn't getting all of them. I was getting like three or four of them. And then I was like, and then I found myself way behind. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to get, and then I just saw they kept, they were going to come out with even yeah. more titles. And I was like, well, then I'm just going to cut off X-Men altogether. And if I want to read X-Men, I'll go back to 
the old X-Men comics that I have a backlog of, read those, right. and keep the ones that I think I'll go back and reread. Like, I would love to go back and reread uh, Age of Apocalypse. I love that story. I'm happy to read that mm-hmm. ten times in my lifetime because I just love it that much. Um, well, I think, I think, I mean, we've kind of talked about how the industry right now is a bit broken. And I think a big part of it is because we're going through these growing pains of shifting from old magazine periodical uh, market industry to the digital mm-hmm. industry. And there's going to be this weird bridging transition. Yeah. So then you combine that with these giant corporations purchasing these, uh, you know, the big two of our industry, you know, the big two publishers. My brother is actually in the upper management uh, of AT&T, one of my many brothers. <laughs> so he, so he's, uh, I don't know, like an assistant to the, the VP of AT&T. He's like way up there. Mm-hmm. And so when they were merging and, and buying AOL, Time Warner, and they were realized that they were going to be purchasing DC. He got kind of got excited because he kind of grew up with me and comics and everything. Sure. And uh, and potentially was going to end up working in the division that was going to handle DC comics. And and I was like, you know, this is how I kind of got a little bit of an in as far as knowing, well, what does AT and T want to do with DC comics? And he goes, well, that's totally just a completely side thing. We actually want AOL Time Warner, obviously, as a company. The nice side. Uh, the, the byproduct of this deal is that now we don't have to pay for licensing rights to use these characters for advertising. Hmm. That was it. That was their motivation. That was completely, and it wasn't even the motivation for buying the company. That was just like a little addendum to this multi-billion dollar merger. Yeah. Was, oh yeah, now we can use Superman and Batman and not have to pay a licensing fee every time we use them. And then, so AT&T as a business company, to be honest, they, really don't care yeah. how DC comics is putting out books. But that said, as soon as you, as a business, as soon as you see a portion of your business, uh, not effectively making money, they're not going to like cut DC off and, and, and stop making comics. The thing is comics will never go away. There will always be comics in some form because it is literally the cheapest way to create new visual content. Sure. Right. You, you know, it's, you, it's you, like you a storyboard down. just waiting to happen. So exactly, you've got to put hundreds of thousands of dollars down just for a pilot of a TV show that may or may not get picked up. You got to drop millions, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars now for big action, big budget movies. And the thing is, you know, you can throw it at a wall and see if it hits, if it works in the market, or you can look at decades of proven content mm-hmm. visually that works. And then adapt it to the screen or adapt it to TV. And to your point, if you want new stuff, it's not going to cost you millions. It's going to cost you some thousands to produce it. Yeah, tens of thousands versus hundreds of millions. Yeah, and see if it it catches on. If it does catch on, it's a new thing. Hey, now we can take that property and go do other things with it. So, If you think of like the literally billions of dollars that Disney or Marvel Studios have made, it's been off of – arcs of story that have been developed in the last 10 to 15 years. So like civil war yeah. annihilation that became guardians of the galaxy, yeah. uh, the winter soldier, uh, all of that stuff was edited by Andy Schmidt, which is again, kind of why I'm aware of it. Yeah. He was my editor at IDW and everything, but he, he was the editor for all of those big events. Yeah. And this was like, uh, going on 15 years ago, yeah. like 
12 to 15 years ago. Yep. It's not like they're even mining stuff from the 60s. No. You know what I mean? So now that there are some things like origin stories or, sure. you know, that kind of thing. But the thing is, like, comics are being made now. They could easily transition into movies. Uh, and so they're not going to, you know, they're not going to stop making comics. Yeah. Any of these companies. It's just how they do They'll it. They'll still be around. But yeah. yeah, right now we're just in that weird growing pains bridge between traditional periodical, you know, distribution and whatever the new digital model is going to be. And I'll tell you one, one last thing for me, and, and you guys can certainly jump in with anything else that you want to say. But one last thing for me is, and it kind of plays off of a lot of things that we're talking about, uh, is as far as just a, a different model or a different direction to go in, just from seeing what sells in the comic market, mm-hmm. I feel like we need to get away from, as much as I love it, I feel like we need to get away from worrying about continuity and stuff like that. Because continuity is broken in both universes, both in Marvel and DC. It's <laughs> yeah. completely broken. And the stuff that's selling are these seminal titles that are just, you don't have to know anything, any history of characters or anything like that. You can pick up these stories because it's just a mini series or it's an original graphic novel. Um, yeah. and it, it stands on its own. And I think if they do more of that, um, they'll see better sales, uh, overall. And that could be from something like I, I keep going to DC cause they're the ones that kind of have broken up their, their line into different age levels and categories, but that could be something that's a black label. Uh, like I've read some of the black label titles like Harleen and, uh, one Roman dead earth, I think it's called. Um, and, and stuff like that. It's phenomenal. And it's geared towards old, an older crowd, you know, 18 and up. And, uh, and it, they're great stories and you need to know nothing about anything other than, Hey, this is, it's, this is a story about Batman or Hey, this is a story about one Roman or something like that. That's it. That's all you need to know. And you learn everything you need to know in the story. Um, same thing with the the young adult ones. I've read uh, Shadow of the Batgirl, which still has the core of the character mm-hmm. of Cassandra Kane. It's a very good story, and it was a very good read with good art and everything. I loved the hell out of it. I had I really enjoyed it. But it was an original graphic novel, which is something that I could see handing to a younger kid and saying, "Here, I think you'll actually enjoy this." Um, I know. Uh, there's a 20 some year old at work that borrowed that from me because she wanted to read it. So I was like, yeah, I got it. You know, here, read it. And she returned it to me within a couple of days. And she's like, yeah, I got a kick out of this. So there, I think approaching it from the, that direction, like, and I don't know if it's okay for me to mention this, Robert, if it's not, let me know. And I can certainly take it out of the episode. But, <laughs> but um, I know you talked with uh, Mike Costa at one time about doing GI Joe oh, yeah. stories where it was like, they weren't going to, you guys weren't going to worry about continuity. You weren't going to worry about IDW continuity or real man <laughs> hero continuity. You just were going to tell good GI Joe stories. Um, right. And it's, and I feel yeah, like that's it, the direction they have to go with a lot of stuff is just don't worry about what came before. Just tell a good story with these characters. Yeah. And I think, I think there's, there's a lot of companies, uh, as soon as like Hellboy, kind of came out and created that model of just volumes it yeah. just it would just come out when it comes out yeah and it's just a hellboy story and it could loosely tie into this larger arc sure. of hellboy but basically you can pick up 
any one of those little trades and just have a really fun supernatural Hellboy story. Which is right? exactly what I did with Hellboy. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of, you can read it out of order. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember the book Atomic Robo. That was kind of a oh, yeah. more independent publishing yeah. book. Oh, man, I love that book. Those guys kind of followed, uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. Scott and Brian. Those guys are awesome. So they, um, you know, and there's other independent publishers that have kind of picked up that model. And I, I mean, I just really, some of my favorite uh, superhero books are like uh, Batman Hush. Yeah. Like the Spider-Man Marvel Knights, where it's like a 12 issue series that Terry Dotson worked on. It was, you know, just ones where you can just pick it up and it just feels like this is the, a classic story of these characters. Well, and, and now, Batman Hush is a good example too, where, yeah, it did happen in the, in the ongoing series. They were issues and everything else, but right. that story could be completely taken out of of it being single issues. It could have just been released as a graphic novel, and you would have been mm-hmm. totally fine. And and while it does allude to some continuity, obviously with Jason Todd or some sure. some background, like whether or not you're fully vetted in all of that continuity, it just takes a few pages to basically lay down the concept of this and then incorporate it. Yeah, you know, it's not a it's not that so. Back to your point, like, yeah, we had pitched that. Um, it was kind of after I'd been off of the book for a while, and IDW was kind of, you know, I don't know what word to use exactly, but they were trying a few different things with G.I. Joe. They kept restarting it with the number one mm-hmm. uh, a few different times, and, and, and it wasn't quite working. Um, that, and that, I, I will say this for you. That is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, I gotta pick my words. I know, I know. But <laughs> I don't. <laughs> they don't employ yeah, they don't employ me. <laughs> and I will freely say this, I, I need to say this more often. My opinions and thoughts are solely mine. They do not reflect <laughs> any of my co hosts, any of my friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, we uh well it was kind of a pitch it was initially what I wanted to do with the Snake Eye series. Me and Chuck Dixon had kind of pitched it as you know, this, this special mission team that was going to be kind of headed up in the field by Snake Eyes and Helix with Scarlet as kind of like their, their main control room. Occasionally she would accompany them if needed, but you know, uh, and then we, and then we could rotate out the Joes that would in, be, uh, working with them to go do a mission, right? So, and that's kind of how the book started. They went up into the, the, or into the Alps and we had this big thing, but then quickly it tied into the Cobra Civil War and kind of went off track. Mm-hmm. And I, that's about when I had left the book. So I pitched it again. I was like, oh my gosh, how it would be so much fun just to have, it would feel very nostalgic for the cartoon, but just to have like Flint and Lady J as like field commanders. And same thing, they would grab the Joes that were specific to the mission and we could then rotate through the cast of Joes we don't normally see. Yeah. And they just, you know, they keep coming back. And it's just like a one-off four-issue miniseries. They go and take care of a mission. And then... And it's going to be a rotating cast every time they go and do that. We might have two or three that are our mainstays so that we can have a bit of like through line, you know, you know, they're, you know, just like these mini series we're watching, you know, with the mass device or the weather dominator, you know, you can have a through line, but, um, I don't know. I just think that that would sell just as well as, you know, anything else they've tried in the past, yeah. what, six, seven years, you know? Yeah, well, and I'll give you something that they're doing right now that is, kind of illustrates what you're saying there, the current Transformers run. 
that they're doing. Right. The current Transformers series that they're doing, they did a whole reboot. I am not enjoying it. It's, there's some mm-hmm. issues that are okay, and there's other issues that it's just a chore to get through. But then they also did Transformers Galaxies. And Galaxies focuses on certain characters for an arc. And I read the first arc, which had the uh, Constructicons, and it also had a little bit of the Insecticons in it. It's some of the best mm-hmm. Transformers comics I have read in my life. And it's because, oh, they, it's because they focused on some characters for an arc. And once that arc was done, they were moving on to the next arc, and it was a whole new creative team for the next arc, too. Um, right. And I feel like that... And I've heard it from a lot of people, too, the exact same feeling. Like, the main series is dry, and it's boring. It's because they're trying to tell this big, long story, and they're just it's just not working. Whereas Galaxies, I have seen a lot of people saying that they are really enjoying the hell out of Galaxies because they are getting to read an arc that focuses on characters, and, you're, and you get a finite story. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. what you guys are trying to do with you know, the idea that you guys had was let's tell a finite story of a mission with G.I. Joe. And I agree. I think it would have sold uh, very well. I mean, who the hell wasn't going to buy written by Mike Costa, drawn by Robert Atkins, G.I. Joe story. Yeah. (laughs) The first time I pitched it to John Barber, when he was the senior editor for a while, he uh, he's like, oh, my gosh, I love this idea. But we literally just greenlit another special missions book with Paul Glacey and whoever else was right. I think Chuck was writing that too. Yeah. And he's like, so we can't do this. I'm like, ugh. And then I pitched it again the next year. But then that next year, they had just relaunched it with the Karen Travis and the Steve Kurth, you know. So yeah. they're like, well, it was just poor timing. I think both times I pitched it. Now, there are things that we want to pitch. Like, I don't think I'm going to go back in and do, after we finish this arc, we're on the snake hunt. I very much doubt I'm going to go in and try, ever try to do monthly comics again. Yeah. Um, but more likely, uh, there's there's a couple writers I want to work with that I would like to pitch something again that's Joe related and and we're, we kind of have that in the works that kind of does lean more towards that more self-contained type stuff and we'll see if they pick it up. But I think um, that would help. I think the industry transition more yeah. um, away from the monthly floppies and more into just self-contained larger stories, which yeah. is actually a little closer to the European market. That's a whole other conversation, yeah. but yeah. I think it, it'd be really interesting to see. I've just noticed over the last few years that that's the stuff that's actually selling a lot better mm-hmm. uh, than the monthlies. Um, one thing well, I want... Oh, I was just going to say real quick, it's yeah. easier for the, the comic shop owners to, to pitch that too. Yeah. You know, like somebody who walks in, they see this whole wall of stuff and they don't know where to start. Right. They'll ask the store owner, like, what can I read that's like Spider-Man? Or what can I get my nephew? And he, he really likes Spider-Man. Yeah. If it's a nice self-contained book that, you know, it's just an adventure, like, man, that's so easy. That's such an easy sell. I was going to say, that's a lot of times when I'm in the, in the shop and someone comes in like that and asks, that a lot of times that's the uh-huh. stuff that they're selling them is like, oh, here, this is every there's one uh, one complete story here for for them to read and uh, right. it'll be all set. Um, John, mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to mention to you, just to let you know something that's coming out that I think at least is it 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 warmed my heart that they were doing this. Uh, IDW's coming out with uh, a, a, another reprint of this, but I like how they're doing it. It's a reprint of the silent issue again, but it is not only going to have um, the Larry Hama. Uh, issue 21 in it, but it's also going to have Jeremy Dale's 
uh, one that he did with Larry oh, wow. in it. And That's cool. Yeah, they're putting them both together That's into nice. one package, and then they're having, uh, is it Jamie Sullivan is doing a new cover for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, huh. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a four ninety nine book or something like that, or I think that's what it's going to be because it's going to be two issues in there. But I was like, that's kind of cool. I, I love the fact that they uh, are reprinting those two together as like a it's it's a floppy again, but it's that's I, very cool. I yeah, that's great. Cool. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that they are apparently going to publish that Micronauts Artist Edition after yes. we can get the Joe one. Yeah, I know. Well, we don't know if that's going to get made yet either. So. Well, it, it, it might be. We, we've been rambling for a while, but I'm going to ask this question because it is one thing I saw that was out there. Sure. And, and we, we've been talking about modern books and, and floppies and whatever else. Marvel was going to, and maybe they have, I don't know. They were supposed to be, was it a, it was basically a, a new version of giant, was it giant size X-Men where they had new artists? Yes. Mm-hmm. Just recreating that script. Yeah. Why? Why do we need that? Um, I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, it all, with, with okay. So you said we're you know because I think to Robert's point, the comics or the the movies and the things that have been done are, are really coming out of the last twenty years. Yeah, mm-hmm. that book is forty years old. Yeah, or close to it. And and yeah. Cockrum was a master. Why why reinvent that? So, just, it just seems like a waste of time to me. Yeah, I, I think a couple things with that one. Uh, one is obviously they're they're trying to tap into the the market that they think people would you know stuff not being able to come up with new ideas. So they're just like, hey, let's let's put this out there one more time. But the second thing is, I'm actually interested in it only for the simple fact that they're going to have a different artist on every page. So I just find that being from an art artistic standpoint. I find that interesting, and, and I'm interested in checking it out. Now, if they were doing that for many issues, I you would lose my interest. But for a one one issue to see different art on each page and how an artist interpreted each page, I find it interesting. It, it could be interesting, be or it could be a giant nightmare. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it'd be it could be maddening. Sure. You know, I, I just I don't I don't understand. We we know there are tons of talented creators out there, writers and artists, right now, mm-hmm. and. We keep saying, you know, we talk about we don't want people to just read, remake, remake, remake. Right. And this is a perfect example of, you know, short of John Byrne just taking still photos of, of Star Trek and slapping word bubbles on them and calling that a comic <laughs> book. You know, we, this, this is, I, I don't, I, I, yes, I can appreciate the artistic endeavor in it, but again, I've had it for 40 years. Yeah. I mean, I had, you know, I don't need, I don't know. I just, it, that, that one really, stuck in my crawl when I saw it on Twitter that it was something they were working on. I thought, why, why, I, I think why it's not a very, have a new script yeah. and, and same idea, yeah. you know, I think it's a, a very limited market. Like I think it's uh, for someone like me who would sit there with the original and look at the new one and kind of see what, what different take the artist uh-huh. did. Cause I would enjoy that. But I do think that that's a limited market. There's not a lot of people doing something like that, but for me, it was interesting because I would do something like that. So um, mm-hmm. that's like when they did the uh, the recoloring of the original Star Wars uh, movie arc, where they they came out with the I think it was in trade form or something like that, where they basically it was the same artwork, same script and everything, but they had a new they used modern day coloring to to redo the the issue, 
And I got a kick out of that too, because I, again, I kind of compared the old with the new and everything else. But again, I feel like that's a limited market of people that would actually be doing that for that type of interest. So I don't, I don't know that I have a, a strong opinion on it either way. It's like I, they're doing it for kind of a money grab. They're doing it as a way yeah. to, yeah. I guess, pay homage to that as well. But I also agree that we have that, you know, and it's awesome the way it is. It's part of history. Right. Why do we need to, Update or retail it. You know, I would rather them just come up with new, like classic stories. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. It's like you said, it's a cash grab. If the cow's still giving milk, just go milk it. <laughs> well, and that's like exactly. they, like, yeah. And that's like they also, uh, constantly do cash grabs of like, uh, a new, uh, using the same title of a, a story arc. So like they've done, uh, God Loves Man Kills and then they've done God Loves Man Kills 2. It's like, I, I don't right. need another God Loves Man Kills. Yeah, we don't need that. Um, or, uh, what was the other one that they've done? Oh, I saw recently, which I think this is stupid on Marvel's part, uh, that the Daredevil arc that's coming out soon is going to be called One More Day. And it's like, didn't oh, you learn Spider-Man, yeah. from Spider Man? Oh my gosh. What a bad connotation that has with, with yeah, that's horrible. Marvel readers like no one liked One More Day. So why are you going to do a Daredevil? I think Joe, well, I think Joe Casada liked One More Day. I well, think that's yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> you, you get you get one more day, and then you can spin off and go brand new day like they did in Spider Man. Oh right? man, which uh, brand new day was actually good, but yeah, I actually I I'm in the minority, and I know this, but I actually both were okay. Yeah. I I like both. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I I thought I know, the reason for it was strange. It the, it all came about because like upper editorial Joe Casada and you know the upper senior editors wanted the Spider-Man and, and Mary Jane to split, but yeah. they didn't want yeah. them to divorce. To divorce, yeah. So then it so they 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 have to write themselves out of it. And I'm just like it all just which, which, why would, without why killing would, one of the, without yeah. killing one of the, yeah. why can't they just yeah. like separate? Like that's more real life. Well, that's what made exactly Spider-Man what Spider-Man is because he dealt with the real life situations yes. and we're surrounded by that. People sometimes separate for a while and they can still get back together. Like that, they can deal with that. That's you know what exactly I mean? Like yeah. just deal with the real life issue. Yeah. yeah that would honestly, yeah. that would have been a way better, way better way to go. Because like you said, Marvel has always dealt with real-life issues, so why not have them deal with a real-life issue, which is they aren't going to be together anymore. So right. Yeah, and then you get the – they did the one uh, series, like uh, Renew Your Vows, where him right. and Mary Jane are together. They're married. They have the kid. So that was fun. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Like you said, continuity, I don't think it's as big a thing as it used to be. Right. Especially right. for, uh, you know, right now with everything going on. In comics, you really don't need the continuity. And if you did want it or did like it, there's all, like you said, years and years and years of comics to follow for that. Plus, let's be honest. But what, what is selling? Plus, let's is be those, honest. There's no, there is no continuity in either company anymore. Right, it's right now, yeah. It's such a mess yeah. that the continuity doesn't actually exist <laughs> anymore. Well, what you need to do, like you guys were talked about, is just do those stories, those you know one and done one shots or four story arcs or six story arcs. And then years later, start it up again. Yeah. Well, if you want to, but if it's, if it's, if it's going strong with that, just leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say continuity was a bigger issue when you had the same creative team on a book for years, Years, or especially like the same writer on a book for a long, long time. 
now continuity lasts for as long as the writer's on the book. Yep. And when there's a new writer, they're going to bring their own ideas and they work with sure. the, the editor. But I, I don't think people realize how transient the editorial system is. Yeah. Like you have the main tent pole, you know, Tom Brevoort's and Nick Lowe's and, um, you know, these kind of, uh, big name editors that have been around for 15 years. There's like half a dozen of them. And then you have all the assistant editors and associate editors. And the, man, it, when I, I did work at Marvel and then I went and did other stuff. But when I came back to Marvel, it was all new names, all new faces. I felt like I was breaking in again. Yeah. Because it's just every, you know, every couple of years, it's, they, it's a whole new crew. So I, I think as far as, so my point there is just continuity. It's as long as the editor's there and it's as long as the writer's there. And then you're kind of just starting fresh and doing your own spin on what's happened the last six months. That's really it. So, uh, to wrap things up, I want to end on, I guess, something, I, I would see this as something positive and I want, and some, I guess, hopeful, if nothing else, is that, <laughs> uh, once, once this is all over, the, you know, we've got COVID-19 under control, places opened up, you can feel safe to go about your business and everything else. What's the one or two things that you are looking forward to the most? Like, what's something that you're like, man, once this is all over, this is, I'm looking forward to being able to, to go do this again, or I'm looking forward to that or whatever. Like, what's, what's that one or two things that you're, uh, looking forward to in the future once, once the quarantine is over? Um, John, we can start with you, I guess, maybe. Huh. Uh, well, you know, listen, I, I think that, uh, every, this, we've learned an awful lot, particularly from a business perspective, which I'm not going to get into on this show. Mm-hmm. We've learned an awful lot about, about how we do things. I look forward to seeing people again in person. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think we can all agree that conferences, it, conferences and conventions, if and when they happen, are going to be drastically different. Uh, I was supposed to be at something in San Diego the week before San Diego Comic-Con. It's not been canceled yet, but you can't tell me they're going to have a, a convention out there with 20,000 people the week before San Diego Comic-Con when that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I, it, I'm, I'll, I, I guess I'm going to look forward to be able to go out and like be in a store and not worry about somebody coughing on me. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and it's just, it, Things that we took for granted, yeah. the toilet paper, the rice, the, <laughs> the fact that, you know, and listen, and listen, let's not kid ourselves. You know, we, we, I think it's, it's, we've learned a lot about how to be prepared for these things in the long run, yeah. masks and, you know, some of the things that we didn't necessarily have uh, around because we just didn't think about it. And yeah. look, uh, I think, oh, we know a lot of people that are probably in really bad spots right now and, want to do whatever we can to help them take care of them. I don't know. It, it's, it, it, it's nothing, nothing's going to go right. It's not like we're going to flip a switch on May one, June one, July one, and it's all going to be magically fixed. Right. It's not right. Uh, this is a long, you know, there are long term, long stream effects to a lot of this. And, uh, I think we just need to be prepared, but I, I think, I think doing more of this, connecting with each other and spending, you know, getting to spend time together is a, is a great thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, I, I, I think going out, 
being able to go out and not worry about somebody coughing on me, going to a restaurant, <laughs> sitting down, having dinner will be a nice thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Robert, how about for you? What's what's something one or two uh, things that you're looking forward to? Yeah, first things would be um, even after all the conversation we had, I'm actually really excited to go to the local comic shop and get my <laughs> yes. monthly books out of the full list. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> um, I know I've got like 20 X-Men titles sitting in there <laughs> that I want to read. <laughs> so it like goes against everything we talked about for like two hours. But sorry, right. um, the uh, so I do want to do that. I just mostly I want to talk to him and and show my support there. I want to. Uh, I mean, who knows if, uh, if Joe Fest is still going to happen. If it, if it doesn't, then I'm the same way with, with John, just kind of getting to a convention and, and being around people and, and, and enjoying that. This was actually going to be a really big convention season for me. Um, I was going to be going to South Carolina. Uh, I was going to go to, uh, obviously Joe Fest. I was going to Denver Comic Con, New York Comic Con. Um, so, uh, you know, possibly Heroes too. So it was just like, I hadn't done that many shows in a year for a while. And I was with kind of us wrapping up the Joe series. I was going to be really excited about that. And then obviously it's just not happening. So, um, I don't know. I think just a chance to get out and do that. Uh, that's what, I, that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Chuck, how about for you? Yeah. You guys touched on it a little bit, you know, just being able to go to the comic store, uh, is something we took for granted that, you know, now we can, um, Going out to dinner with my fiance, it's something that we did, you know, once or twice a week and we took it for granted and now we can't. So something like that mm-hmm. just to get back in a normal routine. Um, going to conventions and just seeing all my friends and stuff like that. I mean, I talk to a lot of my friends daily through group, uh, chats and stuff like that, but just to go and hang out and, you know, physically be with them and stuff like that. That's, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Well, I know for me, uh, much like you guys said, just being able to see people again, like uh, in person, uh, you know, handshake, a hug, that type of thing, uh, having that contact. Oh, not too close. Buddy. And that, not hey, close. hey, you're I'm gonna still get, scared. Not you're too gonna close. get a big bear hug from me, buddy. Uh, Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> I got hand sanitizer. I'm okay. Um, and like you said, going to conventions, things like that. But just even just the, um, hey, I'm going to run up to the store for something like that. I just took for granted before where it was like, yeah, I'm, uh, we're out of bread and milk. I'm just going to run up to the store and get that. I don't do that now. Now it's like, okay, do we need a big order of something? <laughs> and it's going to be delivered yeah. to the house. Um, and then this is going to be kind of funny too, but I am really looking forward to sitting in a restaurant ordering a bacon cheeseburger with fries and just sitting there with a friend and, having that meal because I have missed for some reason I have got a craving for a bacon cheeseburger at a restaurant. Um, I know I can make it at home, but I'm, I'm just, there's something about being in a restaurant and ordering something like that and just having a good time, you know, having a couple drinks and, and having a good meal and stuff like that. I am really, really looking forward to that. So, um, so that. I just thought it'd be nice to end on something where we're kind of looking forward to something instead of yeah. <laughs> what we've been doing. So just bagging on everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were wanting Chinese food one night and, uh, all the Chinese restaurants around here are closed. So after work one night, I brought some of the, uh, frozen 
P.F. Chang Chinese entrees, brought them home, and we made Chinese food. It, it was okay. It was you know, <laughs> yeah. it was all right. It wasn't the same, but it was right. okay. It sufficed. And it's a, it, it's scratchy, scratchy the itch. Yeah, there's just something about being you know getting it from an actual place or being in the actual place yeah, and yeah. having it. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, we'll we'll make it around the horn as far as uh, where people can find us, and we'll wrap things up here. John, where can people find you and your wonderful world of things? Well, before I do that, yes. I do want to bring up one thing or one shout out. Yeah. And it's it it's it'll be on a somber note, but shout out to Hector Garrido. He passed oh, away. Yeah. Hector Garrido was the original artist on all the Joe Card art. Yeah. Uh, he's the man. And, I, you know, I, as I said on Twitter, to call him iconic is an understatement because all of us on this call he means a lot to all of us and to a lot of our friends and, and fans. And, and so, uh, last end of last year, there's an artist out there. who goes by the name Kickley who put out a, it was called after Garrido. It was a, his little sketchbook of paintings that he does. Nice. And Kickley's been doing a bunch of stuff for the, for, for those of you guys, I, I post this stuff on, I've shared stuff on Facebook a lot. He's super talented. Seems like a super nice guy. Uh, he's done a Star Wars, a Joe, and now a, a Masters sketchbook. So you, you guys ought to be following him if you're not. Super talented and does really cool stuff. Anyway, Hector Garrido, shout out, Godspeed. You want to find me, I actually have my website up running now, johntherman.com. And if you want to find the podcast, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Nice. Very cool. Nice. Robert, how could they find you? Uh, it's just through Robert Atkins Art on my social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can always uh, just email me at just robertqatkins at gmail uh, to get in touch. Um, but mostly, uh, so I'm, you know, I uh, I am here for my uh, annual podcast uh, co-hosting, and then <laughs> um, I'm also for doing. See you next doing, year. I don't see him, I don't see you outside my door, Robert. I've been looking all night. I don't see you. No, that's a social yeah. distancing. I'm not, I'm trying to give you some space. Yeah. <laughs> Robert, we are I getting, said, we are I'm getting right you on again Skyhawk, sooner than like, a year. <laughs> like, I'm right kudos. outside your Skyhawk and I'm like, John, hey, hey, John. <laughs> kudos to you, sir. Your, your, your internet uh, access tonight has been stellar. It's probably the well, best. Cause I'm just, I'm just going through my phone. Uh, I didn't get the password yet, so I'm not really sure gotcha. uh, if I could use the Wi-Fi. But I'm so I'm just using my phone for tonight's recording. Cool. Um, no, yeah. So just uh, and then of course we're doing our our J. Joe debriefed, which you could search for that or just look on at Three D Joes on their Facebook site with Carson, and uh, you'll see all the stuff for that. Yeah. Robert, if I have to like hound you we are going to have you on again before a year is up again <laughs> no of course we will i i never meant for that to happen no i know we didn't either so <laughs> um uh but yeah and uh, definitely get better hope you hope you feel better so i appreciate it uh because because god i don't want this to be the last thing that you do that would be just sad <laughs> oh god <laughs> thanks yeah be horrible yeah <laughs> Now you jinxed it. I know, right? Like called it. Like, it's all over. Yeah, good luck living with that albatross. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, Chuck, how can they find you? Uh, social media is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's about it. Yeah. You got uh, Instagram. You're uh, what? Star Joe seventy five or 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, for Star Joe's, you can find us at StarJoe's.com. There's a Facebook page on uh, both a page and a group page, so you can like the fan page where we. Uh, Chuck does a lot of the posting of hilarious memes. Every once in a while, I throw one or two in there. Uh, and that page is growing. We're over 7,000 people liking that page, uh, which is awesome. And, uh, we'll post anything from Stop. just. <laughs> they should all be ashamed of themselves. Right. <laughs> it's just funny memes and awesome photos and just really cool artwork and things like that that get posted on there. Uh, then we have the group page. As soon as you request to, uh, be part of the group page. I'll approve it as soon as I see it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Starjo's Podcast. You can email the show, which we have not gotten an email in a while. So uh, send us questions or things, your thoughts on things we talked about today, and we'll read it on the show and uh, respond to it. Uh, but at Starjo's Podcast. Or we won't. <laughs> no, we will. <laughs> uh, Starjo's Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, you can also call us. It's 440 uh yeah, what some look it up on Starjoe's. Something, 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 Joe's. Right, something, something, something. I think it's four four zero nine four one Joe's. Uh, I believe is what it is. Um, and uh, you can leave us a voicemail, and we'll play that on the air. Uh, but other than that, uh, I also wanted to mention that uh, one of our listeners and sponsors, uh, Jason Pravat, uh, is starting his own podcast. It's going to be. It's called Fanning the Geekdom. And, uh, he is getting several of the episodes in the bag and then he's going to release them, uh, on a regular basis once he has like, I think he told me he's going to get about four or five recordings in the bag and then he's going to release those. Uh, I did a recording just two nights ago with him. He, he had me on as a, uh, he, he basically is interviewing people that are kind of known for their particular geekdom. And then he asks them questions like what got them into it and things like that. Um, and, uh, so he had me on for 1980s stuff. Uh, uh cool. so that was a lot of fun. And he said that one will probably be out sometime in May, uh, probably late May. So I, once it's out, I will post it on the Star Joe's, uh, social media pages so you guys can check that out. But we had a lot of fun. It was about, I don't know how long his episodes typically are, but we talked for a good hour or so. So, uh, as John has mentioned in the past, anytime you have a Star Joe's person on, it's going to last a lot longer than you typically would have. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, that's that's everything. Like I say, you can find everything at StarJoe's.com. On Instagram, I'm posting comic reviews of stuff that I'm reading. I am backlogged on posting those reviews, so I'm, I've been trying to post like anywhere from three to five of them a day, uh, just because I've been reading so much. So. Uh, but with that being said, uh, Chuck, if you want to close with me, we'll go ahead and say uh, the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Peace. Bye. Bye.